I do. Joe Rogan, and we're live. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, welcome, Martin Johnson. What's happening, brother? Bad What's boy, yeah. bad boy, purple belt. I met you. I met you about was it a year ago? You come down to the gym, down to Crazy Bar. Funny enough. It's actually a year in February because uh, it was when you've done the Interclub and I got a phone call. I got a text from a Professor Wesley Johnson on a, what to on a Wednesday. Yeah, on a Wednesday, uh, a Wednesday. And at the time I hadn't trained in like, oh, what was it now? I think it had been like six months I hadn't trained in. He was like, uh, I need you to think it's a purple belt. And I was like... Oh, all right then. I just thought at first I was a bit like, oh, okay, uh, yeah, all right then, fair enough. But yeah. I didn't really. I was a bit sort of skeptical about it. But I just went, you know what? I know you are. You've always been sweet with me. We've all like we trained together, obviously, back in the day at the MMA clinic, yeah, and that. And I just thought, you know what? Why not? And it was Anthony, uh, obviously, who now I train with. Well, not in a minute due to all of this, but uh, yeah. I didn't actually know that. I didn't because I I I was working that day. My daughter competed and she fucking smashed it as well. To be fair, right? Yeah. Um. But I was working, so I didn't actually know. I I come in. I think it was it was it an open mat. I think or something, or it might have been a class actually. Um, yeah. No, sorry. No, no, no. I know what happened. You came to an open mat, and I think you got got everyone in an armbar, right? So then when it come to <laughs> when it come to uh, when it come to, uh, I think Wesley said to me before we rolled, he went, "Watch out for the armbar, yeah." And what happened as soon as we rolled, he caught me in a fucking armbar. <laughs> I was uh, like, "It's my favorite, my favorite." Yeah. Now that's how you know you've got. That's like when you know it's coming and you can still pull it off, that's when it's, that's your thing in it. That's your. Yeah. Like to be honest, arm bars have been something I've only really been working on properly. Like, I've always done them, but I've only really been properly working on for the last, oof, probably the last three years or so. My actual favorite submission is a guillotine. Like most people don't know that because I can't, I don't really catch it that much in the gi at the minute, but um, is that yeah, it really is a guillotine, but I do. Yeah, Sorry, but I do love an armbar. I was going to say, is that because people don't really shoot in in the gi? They're more pulling guard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's because obviously I come from a dominantly uh, no gi background that um, yeah. that ends up happening. So, sorry, I've got oh. I'm actually yeah, switching. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so um, yeah, it's it's one of them things. Obviously, coming from predominantly no gi background for a, for a long time, started off in the gi and got into MMA and. Oh, so, you, and so, forth so and, you started off you started off in the gi first is that how you got into yeah uh, to be honest I started off in the gi and then got into MMA um, what through jiu jitsu <clears throat> yeah yeah well uh, cut a long story short I was uh, I was quite sporty at school loved sports loved to play football like most kids do at, at that age and then uh, I left school I'm a West Ham fan oh Sorry, I know, I know you're a Tottenham fan. I know, I know. Everybody says that. Everybody says that. As soon as I mentioned West Ham, I'd be like, "Oh my god!" Especially now where I live. Like where I lived before, it was quite, it was quite all right. But now living, uh, now I live like near North London. It's, uh, yeah, it's a little bit more sort of frowned upon yeah. around these areas of West Ham. But um, yeah, so uh, yeah, just I ended up leaving school and started to train to become a chef and and that, and then. Unfortunately, becoming a chef, I started eating a lot and put a hell of a lot of weight on, got to like sort of like the 15, 16 stone mark. And most people know me now for being like maximum oh, really about 80 yeah. kilo. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And then um, got um, got up to sort of that that sort of size. And then I've, I've been watching 
boxing since I was a kid. I wanted to box as a kid all the time. Parents stopped me from doing it, didn't want me to do it, so never happened. And as I got to sort of my my, my sort of teen years, found the UFC of all things, like most most of us did. Yeah, yeah. Watched the first few UFC events from uh, from some tapes from a, uh, a guy that had a video store, like a Chinese guy had a video store around the corner from me in Gansil, where I used to live. Yeah, and uh, yeah, ended up sort of getting into MMA from there, and then yeah, found a gym in Romford, the MMA clinic, and uh, started training there for. I was think I was there for like four or five years. I think I was there for, in the end, and trained that, there a lot. Was that predominantly in the gate in the beginning? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the coach there, Michael Russell, he was a uh, uh, big into it. no gear as well. If people look him up, he's a phenomenal grappler. And it's got a lot of a lot of skills and that, and um, trained under them for a while, and found MMA due to two of my coaches at the time, Ben Ajir and uh, Brad Wheeler. A lot of people in the MMA in the UK MMA world will know Brad Wheeler, know what he's about, and uh, them two sort of got me got me into a fight uh, as such against uh, another gym that we actually were a part of. Okay. So Pete would say it's an inter club, but it weren't an inter club. It was a, a night. Actually, fun if you know the actual uh, venue. It's now. It's no longer longer about, but the Vauxhall Coliseum. Of course. Yeah, I fought oh. the Vauxhall Coliseum twice. So. Oh wow. Yeah, got the yeah got the opportunity to train there, and and from there, obviously, started fighting a bit more, but still trained jujitsu, still competed in jujitsu a lot, and then from there went to a couple of other different clubs. Ended up in uh, Brentwood recently, where it was close to where I live. And then, uh, yeah, it's dark predominantly done Nogi there for a good few years. Got my purple belt there. Um, and then I moved over to where I'm living now in Wolfram Abbey and needed to somewhere closer to train to home due to work and other oh, commitments. Yeah. And, that. Yeah. and uh, obviously I've known Wes from our days at the MMA clinic and uh, he hit me up and said about coming down to do this competition. <laughs> so, yeah, the rest is uh, the rest is such as history, but... What happened? What happened in that competition, by the way? Who won? I did, but to be <laughs> honest, if I'm honest, I feel for, I feel for Anthony because Anthony was pro- apparently proper trained for it and everything. And I was oh, just coming to and, 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 No, it's not. It's not a thing. It's just I knew that I was never going to chase the submission because I knew I didn't have enough gas in the tank. As I said, okay. I had six months. I yep. sort of like trained on and off with some other guys that I trained with from my old club in Brentwood. Uh, but they, they've got their own thing. They're called, uh, I'll give them a little plug out for the minute because some of them will be listening to this podcast. Cool. Uh, it's Affinity BJJ with a guy called James Osborne. He's a good friend of mine. We still train together when we can, obviously, during the pandemic, we ain't been able to, but yeah. we, we train with good friends and that. And uh, yeah, I was sort of training there like once every so often when I could and doing a bit of teaching down there. And then yeah, Wes give me the uh, give me the heads up about this thing and said, "I'll oh, come down." I was like, "All right then, mate, I'll, I'll sort it out." Then I'll come down. Obviously, come down. Yeah, a great, a great, a uh, great place, great atmosphere that Gracie Bar has. I'm not just saying that because I now train there, but yeah, you know, obviously, you train there. The guys, yeah. everybody down there is uh, very welcoming, and to be honest, made me feel very, very welcome. Probably the most welcome I've ever been in the gym. Really? And as I said, everybody's. I, I'm looking forward to getting back to training. I know you are, but I'm course, itching yeah. to get back. Itching how, to get back. How long's it been? Oh, since the lockdown, really? Could, yeah, I was going to say, could have been long after. Could it like after that competition? Yeah. I think it was at end of March. He, he shot, didn't he? 
Uh, yeah, I think it was. It was as the pandemic shut. So I sort of started to get back in from that competition, started to get back into training, started getting the ball rolling again. I, I had plans to this year to compete quite a bit at Purple because I still haven't had the opportunity to compete at Purple yet. But yeah. um, looking to get some competitions under my belt at Purple and hopefully start walking working towards my brown belt, really, because, as I said, I want to sort of go up the, the rankings, as we all do. We want to get to black belt, but I don't just want to get to black belt. I just want to I want to be able to consistently improve and get better and not just be a black belt, but try and be one of the top in the country. Of course. If, yeah, yeah. If if that is a if that's possible, obviously everybody's had this spanner thrown in the works with a pandemic, <laughs> and it, it, as I've said, it's not. I, I haven't sort of taken it as a negative. I've taken it as a positive. I've been able to, uh, as I said, been able to still work and still crack on with work and yeah, and just and carry on, yeah. and obviously <clears throat> giving me some time to actually look back at footage from roles and fights and and reevaluate and actually look how lucky i've been over the years to be able to compete and now yeah, you, you know so. like a lot of the pro guys have still been able to compete there's a lot of guys in this country who are mma fighters that can't compete at the minute who have literally just been put on the shelves and he's it's heartbreaking to see of course it's heartbreaking to see especially the the young up-and-coming talent in this country that we've got we've got a lot of guys coming up uh yeah. loads and loads of people coming up in this country that are a big, big MMA, and not even just MMA uh, in jiu-jitsu as well. You've got some yeah. beasts coming up as in the rankings. Like we've got it down at Gracie Barhaches, and I watch some of the kids down there, and I'm like, oh, I, know. I don't want to, I don't <laughs> want to roll with you lot in about three years' time. Like you're not going to beat me up. I'm like, well, you know. Once they put a bit of strength on you, know you they're going to be fucking killers, bro. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. No, I think. Um... Yeah, it's interesting what you said uh, about the pandemic because I'm, as you know, I've been really lucky that I had two weeks off, you know, in April when it, when it went into lockdown. Yeah. I had two weeks, uh, like a booked holiday, and I spent two weeks at home. And you know what? I'd never been so happy to go back to work. Um, it's just, it's, it's, it's horrible, man. I, 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 I'm drinking every day. I was just at a gym yeah. every day. I like wake yeah, up in the morning. I'm, I'm sitting there thinking it's like it's ten o'clock in the morning. I've got fuck all to do, and I'm sitting there looking at the gin, the bottle of gin, and I'm like, "Fuck it, what's, yeah. what, what else am the, I gonna do?" The, the thing is, is like I, I have had the, I'm self-employed. I'm a tiler by by trade, and that now, and um, been doing that a few years now, and cracking away with that in the night. I love my job. I'm lucky enough. I do love my job, and uh, I do crack on. We've had some time off during the pandemic. We have been quite lucky. In regards, we've still been able to get in a lot of work, but we still yeah. have had some time off during the pandemic. And as you said, it gets to a point when even my, my wife had to turn around to me and say, "Look, like you need to you get, get out. out of this rut. Like, <laughs> you just got to get out of this rut of sitting indoors." And I'm a, I'm an avid gamer. I love I love my video games and stuff like that. And I've been just I was just sitting there playing Call of Duty. She's just like, "Oh, you've got to do something else." And the problem <laughs> is, is, as you know, you have time off. You can't train. You can't really do what I'm used to doing. I'm used to training like if I can like four to five times a week yeah when I'm in a when I'm in a routine when yeah. I'm in a routine sometimes as dips as everybody does in jiu-jitsu and MMA and everything sometimes you'll have some time off and and bits and pieces like that and sometimes you don't feel like training but especially during the pandemic it's been really really difficult to train yeah. and it's, it's just been uh it's hard to find motivation in that way I, I yeah. that's what I've found personally I know there's a lot of guys that will go out and run and 
and do all these crazy runs and start. And that's what I said about the <laughs> pandemic. It turned every, it turned everybody into a runner. Like, into every, everyone into it. a Strava wanker. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing, like, um, I, like, like, I bought some mats. I've got four mats there. They're the same ones that are the I don't know what they're called. The Tatami forty mil mats. I think yeah. Um, I bought four of them, thinking I'd do some Zoom work. Mate, it's not the same. It's not the same. No, it's not. It's I, not. You know, my Mrs. Danielle trains, my daughter trains, but yeah. it's just, it's, it ain't the same, man. It really ain't. No. no. When, it, when you're in the gym and you're in that vibe and you've got all the guys, and yeah. especially Dan, uh, uh, Professor Wesley's place, we just, yeah. or as most people know him as two play, when he's yeah. in there, the music's going, there's a vibe yeah. in there. You can you you can have a laugh and you can have a joke. Of and we, we all just, we all Good crack energy. on and... Yeah, it's a it's a brilliant energy down there. Like that's why I enjoy training down there. I'm not the most as much as I might talk on here. I'm not the most talkative person in the gym because I do <laughs> like to just crack on and get rolling and and that. But as I said, there's always a good vibe down there. Everybody's so positive. Everybody's so welcoming, and yeah. everybody's just up for having a laugh, really. And that's that's what I love about uh, that's what I love about jujitsu and. And, uh, it's it's, and a, it's a quite research. it's quite a well knit like a tight knit community sort of thing. Do you know mm. like <clears throat> I did MMA with Wes about ten years ago. Do you remember? I don't even remember when he was training down in Crunch. He was teaching down in Crunch. Yeah, Wolf Mabby, and I used to train with him then. And uh, he had a good energy then as well. Actually, he had a really good he had a good finger on there. It was a Tuesday Thursday nights, I think it was. Um, and then that stopped, or I stopped actually. I think just you know life gets in the way. And then it was only, I started doing all these crazy things like the marathons. I ran two marathons. I ran a bunch of half marathons and all this sort of stuff. And then jujitsu is the only thing um, that, I don't know what it is. It, when, you can go for a run anytime. And because yeah. of that, I put it off. Oh, I'll run later. I'll run tomorrow. I'll run. For, when there's a class, you can't do that. So you're yeah. committed to it. And like, I used to train in the morning. So six in the morning, I had to be there. So you have to get up at five. It's harsh. Yeah. <laughs> get up at five, get down there, try and get smashed for fucking an hour, hour and a half, wherever it was. And then you've, and then, but the feeling you get after that, it's that pump. It's that you've, you've beaten your own mind for a start. Do you know what I mean? Because the hardest thing yeah. is, the hardest thing is getting up in the morning for me personally. Yeah. If I tell my, I've got to trick my brain into saying, do you know what, just get up and go for a piss. Because if you get up and go for a piss, that's not hard. But if I think about getting up, go for a piss, brush your teeth, go downstairs, have a coffee, get out, get into the car, drive down, drive, <laughs> I'm, I'm about 10 miles away, drive 10 miles, go down there, do a warm up, press up, sit up there. I ain't going to do it. <laughs> when, yeah. when I just tell myself, get up, go for a piss, and then I'm up and I just get into a routine, it's good for me. And uh, mate, I fucking love it, man. I, I, lo yeah. I just love, I, I, I love it. I mean, I love UFC and all that, and, and, and but jujitsu at the minute for me, I'm just kind of obsessed with it. Yeah, to be honest, I, I I can see what you mean by that. I uh, I spent a lot of years pursuing MMA and never wanted to be like getting to the UFC. Like there's a lot of guys out there that do. I never did. I just wanted to do it to test myself. I was a yeah. as a kid growing up. I was I was a uh, badly bullied at school by oh. a lot of people, and uh, I was I was very I was a small kid. I'm not. I'm still not like a massive guy now. I'm only five nine and. And uh, I'm not like the biggest of people, but I was I was always sort of that kid that got picked on, probably because I was a little bit mouthy as well. I have to admit that in, in some way I was a bit mouthy. West Ham um, fan. <laughs> yeah, West Ham fan, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah that, could, that could contribute to some of it. Um, 
But yeah, it's it's just uh, it was one of them things that I always wanted to do it, and I always had a lot of people tell me I couldn't do it. I had a lot of people at the time, or oh. people I worked with, they used to joke about it. They even down to they actually put um, on the work ringtone because they used to work in a cafe in Romford, and um, they had on the work ringtone they had the uh, the Rocky theme tune when I started oh, training because they was all like, oh, uh, he's never gonna do it, this that <laughs> and the other. And I remember I was like, I always had that little goal in my head. I was I'm gonna fight. I'm gonna do it. These fuckers wrong. Do it. And, um, yeah. Obviously, I was lucky enough to do it two times, and obviously lucky enough to be able to compete twice at uh, the Vauxhall Coliseum, which you obviously know. Yeah. Very, very famous for its uh, garage nights and oh. uh, and other many, many other nights. That's yeah. over. Uh, obviously, no longer there. Building's what? not actually there anymore. It's all. It's all. What is that now? Is it? Is it? Is it? Is it uh, flats? Is it? Yeah, it's all flats. It's all a high story flats. It's That's mad. It's mad to think. Yeah. So yeah, managed to fight there twice, and then um, at the time I got an illness. Uh, I was uh, basically out of action for I think it was about two, two and a bit years. I was out of action oh. for quite a severe illness. I ended up in hospital and uh, tried to come back from that. Trained at um, a place over in Hartford. Yep. For a little while, half a combat academy. Uh, with an old coach of mine, Brett Sizeland, Andy Newell, and Ben Ajir, one of my coaches at the time. And uh, basically got a rib injury there, got into the doctors. Doctor said, look, you've tried to come back from training. You've come, tried to come back from this illness far too quickly, like to a point where we're going to recommend you have at least six months off. And I was like, oh, okay. What did you, was, was the training too hard, too quick sort of thing, was it? Yeah, so I basically, I end up... Um, catching a, a sort of an infection through draining mm-hmm. and then from that infection my body at the time I was cutting weight for a fight I was meant to be fighting so I was cutting weight getting ready for the fight up to two weeks out all of a sudden caught this illness started body started feeling really weird and basically end up having this uh sort of long lasting thing now where don't get me wrong it don't affect me now but yeah. It, it could be if, if anything got bad again like if I had like extreme weight cuts which we'll talk about a bit later yeah, but um, of course, yeah, they're not good so yeah yeah it's not good and uh, and basically end up my body end up reacting in a bad way and my immune system was fighting itself so I end up um, basically having a very very compromised immune system after the, after the illness and uh, oh, me being the stubborn stubborn person that I am tried to come back too quickly yeah probably a month after month after I had the illness, I was back in the gym again. Like, I'm going to go back. (laughs) Again, I wanted to try and prove a lot of people wrong. That's what I'm like. I'm trying to prove people wrong, thinking I could come back. Fortunately, I've started to train. I was starting to get my groove back. I actually injured my rib, of all things. Uh, Rolling with a guy that... uh, Actually, I was drilling with a guy. His name is Damien Forge. He's a, a guy that I used to train with. Me and him were just drilling stuff from guard, shrimp the wrong way, rib popped, completely went went to the doctors. Doctors checked me over because they hadn't seen me for a while. And they said, look, you ain't been down. You're meant to have come down to have regular checkups and all this. Yeah. You haven't done it. Looked yeah. at me and he went, what have you been doing? I've <laughs> uh, been back to training like, as normal. Yeah. They're like, you're mad. Like you've literally just gone through such a, like, a basic cut of those short. I was in hospital for 10 days uh-huh. um, and off work for like a month about it basically in the end like through this illness yeah and uh so they end up basically saying like you're mad you were literally mental like you should never have come back from this straight away like they they said to me i should never train again but i was like no that's never gonna happen it's never they're not gonna stop me from 
training. So, but they said, look, in the end, the doctor spoke to me, said, look, take six months off, take six months completely off. So, could you could you accept that? Yeah. Could you accept? I could months? accept that. I could yeah. accept. I could accept six not months. Never again. Wrong. Yeah. But never again was a not an option. So yeah. <laughs> took the six months off, and um, at the time I was working with a guy in the calf. Jake uh, said to him, "Where are you training?" Because he's a jujitsu guy as well. Beast, absolute beast. Purple belt okay. now. I think still absolute okay. animal. If you, if you ever roll this guy, he's the, he's like the worst person to deal with in, in regards <laughs> to in, in regards to jujitsu. He's so difficult to deal with. But he said, oh, "I'm training this place in Brentwood." So I was like, "All right, sweet." I was like, "I'll pop down." It's uh, Essex uh, at the time. It was called um, Essex Submission Wrestlers at the time, led by a guy called uh, Alan Hackman. Started training there a bit more regularly, started training, keep on going, keep on going. And in the end, it was a bit closer to where I was compared to Hartford. So I made the switch to there full time yeah. and got back to training over the course of about a year or two. Started feeling a lot better, started training more regularly, decided to thought, you know what, I'm going to fight again. Like, why not? Like, you I've got good. nothing else to lose. Yeah. You feel good. So Were you on any kind of medication training. or anything? Anything that might have hindered it? Uh, no, no, I was no, no, I was quite lucky enough that um after my stint in hospital, they put me on my uh, antiviral medication. And this antiviral medication, I didn't find this out until after the fact that somebody told me it was like three hundred pounds a while that they had to put it me on. And I was on that I was on that like five times a day for a drip. They had to put me through that to get my body to go back to normal. Jesus. And um yeah, so I obviously at the time I was in hospital and I didn't really know what was going on. So I was sort of half out of it most of the yeah. time. But as I said, I just sort of tried to get through it as quick as I possibly could to try and get back to training. Because that was, yeah. at the time, that was my main focus. That so you was cared my about. main focus. That's yeah. all I care about. Yeah, that's all, yeah. I, all I care about. And at the time, I was just, that's all I care about. I didn't really want to do anything else far from getting back to training. As you probably well know, it's like, it's just <laughs> training is, in the end, it ends up becoming part of life. As much as we all have stuff out of life to do, training was a massive part of my life. And uh, part of so, you. yeah, in that game, yeah, it is. It's part of me, even still to this day. As much as I don't train as much as I would like to, yeah, but it, it is what it is. Life, obviously, as you know, comes up, stuff comes up. I'm married now, I'm a lot older, I'm getting older now. No, I'm not old, but I'm getting older now. So I can't, unfortunately, as much as as much as I'd like to train six days a week, my, my yeah. body won't let me. body says no. Also, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the wife's like, you can't be training six days a week because you've got a house to look after. Like, you can't just leave me, to, leave me on my own to deal with it. Yeah. I'm lucky, mate. I ain't got no kids at the minute. So, um, but yeah. So in the end, I come back and, um, yeah, I managed to get a fight on uh, Dave O'Donnell's uh, show, WCMMA. Yes. Uh, like proxy. Yeah, Dan Atroxy, which to yeah. be honest, even to this day, still gets some like uh, a really bad name. Sorry, I'm gonna mute this. That's thing. right. Sorry, <clears throat> uh, still gets quite a bad like Dave O'Donnell, the, the guy is a pioneer man of the a promotional circuit, especially in the UK. And in my opinion, yeah. doesn't get enough credit. It runs a very good show. It does, yeah. yeah. I, it's actually well. where I work, it's actually where I met my missus. She used to work at the Troxy. And, um, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, do, do you remember the the night that um uh, Alex Reed was fighting Jack Mason. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. And, and do you remember Katie Price walked in the ring and everyone threw all the bottles? And yeah, bottles? Yeah, that was the night yeah, I met yeah. my missus. That was the night I met my missus. Because um, she was bar staff there and I was there. I was at the event. I was watching, uh, I was watching the event. Um, I think, was Wesley fighting that night? No, it was another He probably time. was, no. No, no. It was another time he was fighting that night. Uh, he was fighting. I used to go to Troxy quite a lot. I loved it. Mm. So he gets quite a bad rep, does he? Yeah, like, it's not like a bad rep, but people always slander his show and say about not oh. going on there. Look, 
it gave me a start back, to be honest. It gave me a platform to work on and, and, and crack on and try and basically get back to some form of fighting again. And I, I fought a guy called Dorin Mitra at the time. Uh, I think he was from Romania. And obviously, Dave O'Donnell promotes it. He's like, oh, England versus Romania, all this, that, and the other. At the time, <laughs> yeah. at the time I was just like, you know what, I want to fight. And I wasn't fighting at the weight, really. I should have been fighting out. I was fighting at like 70 kilos. This guy coming, he was an absolute beast. Like you can look it up on YouTube and that, but the guy was massive. He was like, he had muscles coming from everywhere. And there's me oh, like yeah. still a little bit of, um, bit of a belly going on and <laughs> stuff like that. Uh, but you managed to use my, as such my superior jujitsu to, uh, to beat him. And... <laughs> no, actually, you know, actually, I, it sounds a bit silly. Like we're going to talk about Conor McGregor, obviously, at some point uh, yeah. soon about uh, the fights at the weekend. Yeah. But I had a prediction. I remember my coach at the time, Alan, sat, sat down with me and said to me, he went, so what, what would be your... I was sitting down as well with another guy, Scott Parker, I used to train with, who's uh, at the time, he was uh, a training partner of mine massively for that fight, helped with my grappling a lot. Fantastic grappler. He, uh, they said, so what's, what, what do you actually predict? Like, what, what, what would be your best outcome? I said, mm-hmm. I've always wanted to do this. I've, I've wanted a guy to just quit and not want to fight me anymore. That's what I wanted. I really, really wanted that. I wanted to make sure that... I beat them so badly that they didn't want to come out for another round. Like they okay. just had enough, and he did. Uh, in between oh. the sec, the third, the second and third round, I was on fire. The second round, I really sort of took it to him and dominated position from the top position. Landed quite vicious ground and pound at that point, nice. and um, the he decided not to carry on. I come up oh. to me afterwards. He, uh, he said I broke his rib with a knee that I threw in, I think it was in the second round or first round, first or second round, I can't really remember, but yeah. guy was a tough, tough guy, a tough guy, but he just, it, and as I said, like, it was like, it was weird. It was like this prediction come through and like, uh, at the time we had two other guys fighting that night as well. Uh, Connor Hayes, uh, who's, I think he's ranked something like six in the country at the minute as a prospect. Very, very good fighter. Okay. A uh, very good friend of mine still to this day. We don't train together anymore, but he's a lovely guy, a gentle giant. If you look at him, you think, oh my God, but he's like the gentlest human being that you've ever met. He's just such <laughs> yeah. a nice guy, but beat me up big time. Comes from a karate <laughs> background. But yeah, he was fighting and another guy called Shaw Bryan was fighting as well. He was, uh, he was actually a police officer. Police officer of all things, got it decided to fight and he yeah. fought that night. And funny enough, we talk about uh, Mr. Two play himself. Um, yeah. That was actually where I got back in contact with him because some of the, that night had some of the guys from Gracie Baja fighting. Ah, uh, okay. And um, all of a sudden, I'm standing at the bar with my friends having a drink after the fight and um, he comes up, running up behind me bear hugs me and like looks to take me down so instantly i'm still switched on fight mode at this point i've still got the adrenaline running and i've switched around and i've just tried to fight for double underhook straight away and he's he's turned around and he's gone martin because i can't believe it's you and like we had a little chat and then he actually funny enough at that point he said I've got this jimmy chesant like come down and train at any point you want this that and the other and this was this is about four years ago now so okay. at the time i wasn't living i was with my i love i was with my my missus at the time well, my, my now wife at yeah. the time we just got engaged and uh she was there and in, we wasn't I wasn't actually living there at that point. It was only till like a couple of months later that I was living there, but obviously I was committed to the Brentwood gym and I was teaching down course, there and training course, down there yeah. a lot. Yeah. So and then um eventually when I moved over here full time and moved into my house and that that's when obviously I decided to make the transition over to Gracie Baja and, yeah. and start training. But yeah, it was it's a mad way of uh, of 
things how they work themselves out in that way. So yeah, yeah. and then I was I was luck, luckily enough to fight another three times after that. I got another win on WC MMA, and then I took two fights, uh, one on Brad Pickett's show, uh, Rise of Champions. I fought a guy called Paul Evans, tough, tough guy. Beat me over a three round distance, demolished me. Well, as I say, demolished me. Beat me by points, didn't stop me or anything. Yeah. And then yeah. I fought. I fought four weeks later on a WCMMA show again. He wanted uh, Dave O'Donnell wanted me to fight for a title on that show, so I fought for a title on that show. I lost, got dropped, got stopped. First time I've ever been stopped. And at the time, my my wife was very, very, very adamant about me stopping fighting. She was very adamant. She was like, "I've got too much going on." She unfortunately doesn't like obviously. She's not. She doesn't. She doesn't mind the training. She's never been against it. She was actually the one that made me get back into it, back into fighting, because she knew I wanted it. But yeah, it got to a point where she was, she was like, "It's too much now. Like you've got, to, you've got to start think about your body, think yeah. about your health, and and so it's, on and so it, forth." So yeah, it's got to be hard for for your partner to watch you in a proper full on fight as well. It's one thing training, like you said, but mm. fighting, um, it's a bit, it's it's it's. I suppose for for you know most partners it's going to be hard to watch them, and especially if you get yeah. if you get knocked out. I mean, um, I, mm. I'm I'm always interested. I mean, even even people getting tap, um, uh, being put to sleep in the gym, it kind of freaks me out a little bit. I've seen a couple of people get put out, and it freaks me the fuck out. I don't know what it is. I really don't <laughs> like it. I, yeah, I, I, I really what, don't like it. <laughs> I do. I'm going to tell you a really funny one right now. So Brad Wheeler, who again lovely bloke top fighter in this country shame he's never got to the ufc because if he got to the ufc that, guy, that guy's been in some wars mate he's, okay. he's a he's a, he's a brown belt in jiu-jitsu good striking all over as i said i've got a lot of love for brad he was one of the guys as i was coming up give me encouragement and try to help me out as much as possible for the guys listening to this podcast go and look at brad wheeler that guy is an animal man in the uh, in the uk mma scene and then, um, funny enough, one of my last trades, sort of before, just before I got ill, I was training with him. And uh, at the time, he was still a pearl belt. And he uh, caught me in an arm triangle. And I was being stubborn. He's, like, <laughs> He's not going to catch me with this. He's like, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be fine. Oh, God. Literally, cut this second leg, <laughs> put me asleep. I woke up with my coach at the time, Michael Russell, with my legs up in the air, giving it, you're all right. And I've just got, I've looked up and I went, what are you doing in my bedroom? Whoa. He went, yeah. I went, I went, what are you doing in my bedroom? He's like, you're not in the bedroom, mate. You're in the gym. And I, like, that's what it's like. It's, it doesn't, that's, it doesn't, that's I know freaky, it sounds it? silly, but it's freaky. It is. Don't get me wrong. Getting punched and then finding yourself sitting up and looking is, it, is completely different. I was just going to ask, is it, it's not a similar thing then? It's not like a. No. Well, it isn't. It isn't. So. I obviously I didn't get knocked out unconscious. I got I got hit with a shot. I was coming in. I was a bit lazy. I left my uh, I went for like a left hook, and mm-hmm. as I come in with my right hand, I had my hat, right hand too low, and he subsequently caught me with a right hand before, and uh, and dropped me. So as I went back, he dropped me, and the next minute, I remember being on my butt, looking up at him and going, he was going to come in and start to swarm. And I was like, right, get to your knees. But the problem was my body didn't work. My head was telling me ah, one thing uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and my body was telling me another. So I instantly went into wrestling mode. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking, right, let's wrestle him. Let's try and wrestle him. Yeah, try through and that cover. fight, he was, yeah. he was beating me in the striking and I was okay. beating him in the wrestling. I, was, okay. um, I love taking down people against the cage and using the cage to my advantage. So I tried to wrestle 
but my body just wasn't reacting. Like I was all over the place oh, and, yeah. and that. Don't get me wrong. I wasn't, I, I, in my opinion, the fight got stopped a little bit too early because I got okay. to a point where I was like in open guard and I was trying, I was going to try and play, but the ref, look, ref made their decision. You have to respect what the ref says. Yeah, I'm not yeah, one course. person to argue with them. I was upset. I was devastated by it. How but long, it how long till the end of the round did you have? You know. Oh, to be honest, it was quite early. It was still quite early in the fight. I still think had quite it, a long time it was, the end of the round. I think I had about, I think I had another sort of minute and a half. So it, in a fight time, it's still a fair amount of time. So look, it, it, it is what it is. Like even now, looking back at it, I've I couldn't watch them fights for a while. They pressed yeah, me course, to high heaven. Couldn't watch them. I remember talking to my boss, funny enough, and he was we were sitting there chatting about it. We speak about stuff like, we speak about loads of bits and pieces, but we were talking about the fight. And, uh, and I said to him just before Christmas, like, I've, I've watched the fight the first time. I've watched both losses and I've watched them back. And at first, when you watch a loss, you think it's the worst thing in the world. You think, oh my God, like, how did that happen? Like, oh, I'm, I'm rubbish, this, that, and the other. But now when I look back at it, and I was like, oh, I actually did some positive things in there. Like, yeah. I might not have, done what I wanted to do and I might not have got the win but I took positives from it at the end of the day because look it is what it is like I can't there's nothing you can do look the best lose the best in the world lose at times well, it's, it is it, it's, it's like that in jiu-jitsu you have a win or learn it's like that John John Kavanagh says that doesn't he his book mm. you have a win or yeah. learn and I think that's uh, I try and apply that to life to be honest <laughs> do you know what I mean in yeah. anything I do <clears throat> especially in like I said it I'm People go about fighters, this, that, and the other. I, I would consider my part self sort of a 25% of a fighter. The rest of me is a martial artist. Like, that's why I still do try to do as much as I can. Like, even now, my, sometimes my missus will turn around and even sometimes it will work and I'll start shadow boxing of all things. But it's just, it's in, it's always in you to do that and, and yeah. have that, um, have that desire. Like, I've always got a desire to compete, I'd always want to fight. I'll always want to fight, no matter what. If you told me tomorrow, Mark, I've got a fight for you, like, go and fight tomorrow, I'd happily jump at the opportunity to. The training camps, on the other hand, yeah, slightly different story. Slightly yeah. different story. I'd like, can I go through that diet in again and getting down the weight and having to be that strict? Of course, yeah, full-on no, camp. I, uh, yeah. yeah, I just, I, at this, this, point, this point in my life, probably not. But competing is not done for me. I'd love to compete jiu-jitsu again. Obviously, once everything opens back up, I'd like yeah. to be able to... Uh, crack on with some form of jiu-jitsu again and start competing gi and no gi especially uh, in the gi because yeah. I've missed the gi big time how long do you think realistically do you reckon all that will come back do you reckon do you reckon it'll be this year no I don't see it being this year like I know reckon? I know everybody wants I think it will be towards the early part of next year I just think with with where where we're at at the minute with the pandemic and look there'll be people listening to this that have a lot of different opinions I'm not trying to ram my opinion down yeah. people's throats in regards to it I'm not a conspiracy theorist I'm not a thing I've listened to a lot of different points of view yeah yeah I'll be honest I had COVID just before Christmas and there was nothing wrong with me okay my wife on the other hand she had COVID and she was very very ill I personally take this very very seriously just yeah, purely yeah, for yeah. the fact of because you've what it's it done to me yeah, like, not even just because I've had it, because I had it and had nothing wrong with me. Like, I didn't have any symptoms. I had no problems. I was fine. I had a bit of a headache. That was it. So what happened? Did she get sick and then, and then you, you took a she test? Got you were sick. positive. Yeah, okay. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. So it was actually just before Christmas. So obviously we was in the tier 
four or five lockdown or whatever it is they couldn't have Christmas together and with yeah, family yeah, and bits yeah, and pieces yeah. like that. But yeah. me, me and the wife, we just uh, we got to a point. I think it was a few days before Christmas. We was meant to actually just quickly go and see her mum and dad just to sit in the garden and have cup of tea. She went, look, I just feel like we should get a test. I should get a test before um, before like she works in veterinary and that, and oh, she okay, yeah. a different place different branches and that just to visit and that she's an area manager for every company and she said look I just feel comfortable in like going just to get a test just to see if anything's wrong like if I've got it and the other I was like yeah can't hurt so I was like all right no worries so she went and got hers back she come back positive so I went and subsequently got my one done on Christmas Eve of all times Uh, got it got my got my test results back on Christmas day come back positive and oh, what a but by Christ, <laughs> yeah. So, but her her symptoms seemed to worse on Christmas Eve. Like she got very very ill. Now I know my wife. I've been, we've been together now seven years. We've been together, and I've seen her ill before, but I've never yeah. seen her that ill. And for me, I, I said it. If it, if she was even said it herself, she went. If she were, if I wasn't there, or if we'd both got it, it would yep. have been very very difficult for either of us to do anything. So, as I said, in regards to in regards to the whole COVID thing, I'm very, um, very much. I'm. Um, don't get me wrong. I don't walk around scared, but yeah. I would, I would recommend for people, whoever it is, just to just to be vigilant with it. And as yeah. I said, in back to regards to jujitsu and that, it, it's just too early. Look, at the minute we're still in this lockdown, yeah, we're not going to be. It doesn't look like we're going to be out of it anytime soon. So I just said it. It's one of them where I'd hope. Don't get me wrong hope by the end of the year we can get back to some form of normality i think we'll be training by the end of the year yeah whether competitions will open up i don't think that's going to be till next year as much as i'd love to see it i'd love to see it by the end of the year but i just i personally don't see it i think the elites it will be and then it will just filter down to the yeah down to the rest of us yeah because i see a lot of people in social media obviously saying oh why is it this fighter be able to train why is this person be able to train they have said elite sports are allowed to and obviously at this minute in time i think the only two promote the only promotion in the uk that's still running is cage warriors cage warriors is, right? is still running okay yeah they, they're doing very minimal shows but they are still running events because they're able to put in the testing yeah. and, and everything that they have to do obviously the big leagues in terms of the UFC and Bellator, they're still able to carry on as normal. So you've got a lot of the guys that are coming up in the in the UK ranks, the uh, Nathaniel Woods, uh, the Tom Breeches, there's uh, uh, the Rob Murphy who fought last night, I think, and won. Yes, he, that's right. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Still, yeah. yeah, he's still going on. And uh, so you've got a lot of the guys in the UK that are still, luckily enough, able to obviously go to fight Ireland and fight and and crack yeah. on in that regard so but obviously for the rest of us uh us non-elite which is again look it is what it is but i i sit here and go i always say this to people i will train jujitsu preferably to the day I, the day i die the day yeah, i die yeah. is the day uh, yeah. i give up jujitsu so yeah it, it is what it is like i've got many many years ahead of me if i have to spend another six months of not training it is what it is yeah, i'll get back to it like we all will so it'll make you appreciate it more it i suppose go. when you do actually get back to it do you know what i mean i'll I tell you what i think i don't know about you but um and i think it might be for a lot of other people you, that you'll find that um a lot of people are going to massively appreciate training more yes. and i think when the gyms get back to normal 
I, I really hope this for a lot of the, the clubs in the country that are at this minute in time, or not even just in the country, around the world that are struggling yeah. at this point. Yeah. I really hope that their members come back with a vengeance and really start like going out there, promoting it to people. Because as we know through this pandemic, health is a massive thing and training. Yeah. So for guys to be able to get back to being fit, healthy, and obviously it's affecting people with all sorts, whether it's your overweight, diabetes, or it could be literally anything. We that some people are healthy that are dying, but if it gets some form of um, uh, getting back to training and, and stuff, I just hope it, that happens for the gym. And anybody listening to this podcast that's not training any form of martial arts, never done it, but has always thought about it, yeah. I'll, I'll give you one bit of advice. From somebody that never done anything, that would just play football, done a bit of basketball at school and, and stuff like that, the yeah. best thing you'll ever do. You'll, yeah. either, you'll either love it or hate it, but yeah. 90% of the time you're going to love it. Yeah, at least fucking try it, and it? Yeah, at least try, yeah. 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 I, I wanted to quit. Um, when I started MMA with Wes, I wanted to quit smoking. That was my biggest thing. Yeah. I started doing it. <clears throat> my first class, I nearly threw up. I didn't actually throw up, but I, I, I just realized how, how, <laughs> how unhealthy I was, and that scared me. Um, and at the time, I'm 35 now. I was, what, 25 then? And I'm thinking, I can't be, I've got the lungs of an eight-year-old, do you know what I mean? So yeah. I need to uh, sort it out. So I quit smoking for a bit, but as soon as I stopped, I did start again. So I, I DJ, so I'm out in clubs and stuff. And I think at the time, yeah. I can't remember if you can still smoke or not, but I, it's just natural, very natural. To, to, God, that's uh, going back, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I think, well, I was it, has, it been, has, it been, has it been 10 years? It, it, no, it's probably been longer. It must, it must, have, it must have been longer because I was, I remember I was working at, um, at the time I was living in Romford. Yeah. Over in, uh, in Essex at the time. And um, I was working in Romford. And I was out with all my work colleagues, funny enough, the night when it actually smoking was bad. And I'm not a smoker myself, but oh, that shit, was yeah. the night when I just went, I was like, you know what? I'll just have a, I'll have a smoke just for the sake of having one because it's the last night you can do it. it so. for, mate, for the nightclub industry, it killed it. And I, from that yeah. moment on, uh, no matter what, I mean, they, there's been some successful stuff after, but it, from that moment, I pinpointed the, mm. the death of the nightclubs in, in, well, I was predominantly doing, like in and around the North London circuit. But, it killed it because half the dance floor was outside fucking smoking. Yeah. And it, it, yeah. it and it's continued to like that because when someone can't, comes out, it, I mean, the, the smoking areas were the most exciting places to be because that's where yeah, all the banter, that's where all the, do you know what I mean? That's, yeah. that's where everyone and non-smokers would just go outside because that's where all the crack was. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Killed it. Yeah. Fucking killed it. But anyway, that's another yeah, story. Mad, <laughs> that's another fucking yeah, story. Yeah, it's another story for another time. <laughs> did, you, did you watch any of um, uh, the press conference was today, 257? Did you watch any yes, of it? Did you get I to did. Watch any of it? Yes, I did. I, what it is, as, as I've spoke to you, obviously, previous to this, I have been right on this this week in terms <laughs> of uh, looking up and everything like that. I've watched a hell of a lot of interviews. I think I think my poor phone has just been dying a battery the last few days of listening <laughs> and watching Overload. different pop. <laughs> yeah, just to, just to every interview and picking up little bits and pieces. I, I watched the interview and I, uh, sorry, I watched the, uh, the press conference today and to be honest, it most people would say, oh, it wasn't a Conor McGregor we're used to seeing. I personally believe this is a new Conor McGregor we're seeing. Yeah, we I, see I it think... in the Donald... I think that we see it in the Donald Cerrone fight yes. where he come out. He was very, very... Pink. I think this is a new form of a psychological game he's playing. Okay. He's trying to get people comfortable thinking... 
I'm the nice Conor McGregor, this, yeah, that, yeah. and the other. And then when he comes out and he looks to put that... Take your face that, off. That, yeah. Yeah. I, I, look, I, I, I'm a very... I'm a, I'm a big fan of him. I'm actually... I, I've never got to see him fight in the UFC. I was very, very lucky in my... In my, um, in my years at the MMA clinic, the MMA clinic is predominantly owned by the, I don't know if you know this, but the owner of Cage Warriors, Graham Boylan. Oh, no, didn't know that. Uh, so, yeah, he's uh, he owns the MMA clinic brands as such. I, 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 that he, if he still owns them, I'm not too sure, but I think he owns the main the main name to the MMA clinic, uh, clinic brands. And at the time, he just sort of, partly bought it but it was owned by some people in the Middle East at the time and uh, he was putting on the Cage Warriors card at the HMV Forum at the time in Kentish Town and Conor McGregor was fighting there uh, against the guy a grappler black belt in the country that doesn't think fights MMA anymore but up until the last few years he still was Steve O'Keefe it's when he caught him with the he was going for Steve O'Keefe was going for a double leg and he was coming down and McGregor threw the side elbows into his head against the cage when his back against was back, back was against the cage. And I was lucky enough to not only obviously be there for that, but also be there for the weigh-ins because some of the guys that I were training with at the time mm-hmm. were weighing in on that card. It just happened to be I had a day off and I got okay. invited down with some of the guys to go and watch. That guy's intense, man. The guy's even, intense. Even, so. even, even, even then, yeah. Even then, there was something about him then that when he'd done that, because before that, he fought like a guy, Joe Duffy, who was in the UFC, who's now retired, but still He lost phenomenal. to him, didn't he? Yeah, he lost to him via arm triangle, but again, very, very early, early, early days. And I actually remember the the first title fight that he had uh, at Cage Warriors against Dave Hill. Um, it was in Dublin, and it was one of the ones where he won the featherweight title. Uh, okay, yeah. Uh, and that was something where you see you see how good he was but yeah. also you got to see the following that he had because he had okay. the famous thing where he jumped out of the cage everybody went mad yeah. and everything like that and then obviously then he fought for the lightweight belt knocked out uh, Ivan Bushinger at the time with a, a slip left hand counter which was just that's the one that, that's world. gone viral wasn't it and that's when, that's when that's he, that's when he that became the viral, double yeah. that's when he became the double champ the double champ yeah, yeah. yeah. okay yeah. right yeah 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 that's when um that's when I think that's when obviously he then sort of made his announcement to the world. Joe Rogan tweeted him this that, and the other. And obviously the rest is history. He went yeah, to the UFC course, and, yeah. and bits and pieces like that. And everybody gets his bad name off of him, obviously, due to some of the stuff he has done over the years. He's done some stuff that has been a bit sort of hitting guys bad and bars and, ain't good, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Doing that sort of stuff is never ever gonna get you fit. Like I've I've had the pleasure of meeting him. A couple of different occasions. Yeah, I'm a fan of the sport as well as a an ex competitor as such. But I'm a massive fan. I've luckily enough have been able to go to different events and different fights over in the UK to watch different fighters from Anderson Silva to Michael Bisping to Leo yeah. Machida. All, yeah. all these guys, different guys coming up. Obviously now who technically are part of the old school, but um, <laughs> who are in in their rights the legends of the sport and uh yeah. got to meet McGre- conor mcgregor and uh he bought over the time he bought um steve collins the boxer ah yes yeah yeah, yeah, over yeah, him. yeah yes yeah, yeah so i managed to get to meet them uh, uh at that place and got to actually have a little this was at the time i think he'd just done his acl against when he just fought max holloway and i managed to have a conversation with him and again nice bloke could i could i can't fault the guy look don't get me wrong 
he's done some shit that he shouldn't have done. But look, in life, everybody makes mistakes. It's just because he's in the public eye. Yeah, it's. I think. I mean, I don't know him personally, obviously, but I mean, I'm just trying to think. If I was try and put myself in his shoes, and you are literally the fucking king of the world, and you're in a you're in a pub, well, and some old boy. You know, you're constantly just getting your, you're constantly getting attention. Everyone loves you. Everyone loves you. And then you get this old boy who sort of mugs you off in front of them. I'm just trying to picture myself, you know, I can't condone it, obviously, but I mean, I'm just trying yeah, to, yeah. why the fuck yeah, do you do that? You know, yeah. he put off, he, he, he lost a huge following in Ireland because of that. A lot of my friends, oh, yeah, they Mexico. can't stand him. A lot of, you know, people I still know over there, they cannot stand him now just because of that one incident. And because in the beginning, and, and it was be all honest, about... It was, all, it was all about Ireland and all about building Ireland up. And then suddenly it became about him. Do you know what I mean? It yeah. became about, uh, look at me, look how much money I've got. You know, yeah. And then, you know, he's lost a lot of people. I think, I think what he's doing now, when it comes to the, uh, whether it's the, the stuff to do with handing out PPE to people, yes. putting money into different things. And to, uh, the thing is, what, what people don't realise is he's now, obviously, don't get me wrong, this is probably partly to the shit that he's done in the past, but he's now trying to sort of reclaim what he was before. And at the other day, they say, look, I haven't got kids. I know you, you've got yourself, have got uh, children. Yeah. And um, people say that it changes you, changes you as a person. Fingers crossed it has changed him. I personally just, in not even just from a, a personal perspective from it, for him, I just want to see the guy fight again. Yes. Like, I, yeah. I'm a fan. Like yeah. I don't. I know people go, "Oh, you're probably one of these people that." But as I said to you, I've just explained it. I was lucky enough to see him fight at that yeah. thing. I've knew. I've followed his career before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Days, the days of him coming to the UFC. Funny enough, actually, on a date with my uh, my wife will probably tell you this. When he fought, when he come back from the ACL injury, and he fought in Dublin the first show in Dublin that they'd done in yes. years. Yeah. And he fought Diego Brandao. Yes. Me and my wife were actually on our, at the time, we weren't together. We went on our third date at the time. We were sitting in Soho. We were sitting outside in Soho. And I just went to a look. I, I, I know this is going to sound really bad, but this guy, <laughs> Conor McGregor's fighting. I've got to watch it. So I'm just sitting there with my phone. <laughs> Legend. On, um, I, think, I think it was on like UFC Fight Pass and Fight Pass had just started. So I managed to get yeah. it up and I sat there and watched it. She actually watched it with me. She went, Oh, he's really good. And I went, yeah, he is actually. Like, she was like, oh, how come do you want to watch him? I said, because I've, I've followed his career as such from like course, before. Yeah, then yeah. don't get me wrong, I've got I've got a hell of a lot. I'm not. I wouldn't say he's my favorite fighter of all time, but yeah. he's up there because but, you've got that uh, personal thing with him. I think, yeah, you're you're yeah, more invested. I don't even think. Yeah, I, I, it isn't even just a personal thing. I think it's more like um, if you actually watch the guy, I've said it, and I think there's a lot of people come out recently said he's one of the most underrated fighters out there. He gets a I personally believe he gets a bad wreck. But if you look at the, what he'd done at 145 yeah, and of what he was able to achieve at just 145 alone, yeah, we're not yeah, going to talk yeah. about 155, 170. We're not going to talk about the Mayweather thing. Yeah. Right? Everybody's got their opinion on the Mayweather <laughs> thing. But in his 145 days, that geezer was a beast. Like he yeah, could have yeah. been. And I've said it the Eddie Alvarez performance where he won the second belt. Yeah, people actually sit down and watch that fight and break down that fight. I'm not talking about the Dustin fight. I'm not talking about any of the other fights. If you actually just watch that performance alone, it was a flawless performance. Like yeah. you can't, you can't yeah. really get any cleaner than that, in my opinion, yeah. in regards to a performance. And 
people we obviously will we'll talk about the uh, the upcoming fight this weekend, but I, I still will go that that is apart from this weekend's fight with Max Holloway. That's now Max Holloway's fight at the weekend was, in my personal opinion, the best one of his best I've ever seen. In his best performance, yeah. Oh, it's, I think it's his best performance, but I actually think it's one of the best. The best. Oh wow! That I that 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 would be coming from me. That just I, I've watched that fight about twenty times between now and. Am I am I right in saying he landed or significant strikes was seven hundred and something? I think it was seven hundred and twenty something. That Man, I, that's which ridiculous. I, I know for guys sitting out there, like I watched, uh, I listened to an interview today, and they was uh, it was with Michael Bisping, and he was saying he was talking to a guy, and they were talking about um, how many punches are thrown in boxing. Okay, in like a twelve round fight, and they said the average between two boxers is seven hundred seven hundred punches between two boxers. So, so over three hundred each. Oh, yeah, over twelve rounds. So when you actually and that's just boxing. That in, that's just boxing. So if you take that into account of what Max Holloway has just done in that fight, that's what I've said. I think people don't Fucking understand. Hell. That's the, ridiculous. I, in the in the coming sort of weeks, I'm doing a little breakdown, funny enough, of that fight and sh- just sort of trying to say show people how impressive that was. I said yeah. I don't often do this because I, I said times are times not something I've got. I've got an abundance of it in a minute due to lockdown, but yeah. sit there and break videos down and that does take a hell of a yeah, lot of, of course, time. But of course. I, I sat there and I've said to people that it was a it was a flawless performance. And I personally want to see him versus McGregor again. That's that's a fight I, I want to see. I know a lot of people are like, oh, Max Holloway at 155, this, that, and the other. They're not too dissimilar in size. It's not like yeah. him fighting Dustin. Yeah. It's yeah, it is and he never he, ne- that... he never smashed he never smashed Holloway either. It was decision, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's one of them where I'd like to see that fight in the future. Whether it'll happen or not, I think it will. I think it will. I think from the fight of the weekend and my analysis of looking at Max Holloway, he looks totally different. He looks like he's put some size on. Yeah. He looks a hell of a lot more muscular. Yeah. I personally believe that 155 move is perfect. probably another... I reckon he fights Volkanovski, the winner of Volkanovski. Sorry, I say that. Volkanovski versus Brian Ortega. Mm-hmm. And then the winner of that will fight Max Holloway. And I think if Max Holloway wins that fight, he will go to 155. I okay. think he, unless it's against Volkanovski and he loses a, a third fight against Volkanovski, I think it will be a 155 uh, mm-hmm. future for Max Holloway. What was your take on Khabib's uh, quote unquote announcement? Because it wasn't really an announcement, was it? But you were as, no. gutted as you were as gutted no. as I was, wasn't it? And I was thinking, oh, G- yeah, I was, GSP, I was, fucking. Yeah. I was thinking all sorts, and then it's pretty much just a well. If he's if he's impressed, he'll uh, he might he might he might come back. And then watching the um, which was a bit gutting anyway. I thought, well, fucking hell, mm. it's still pretty much as it is now. But anyway, um, I was watching the interview today, and someone I think was it Connor that said it. I can't remember um, that he's since he's since that announcement. Um, Khabib's had an interview and he's mentioned not I've upsetting his it. mum again. Yeah. yeah. Have you watched the actual interview? Because yeah. I haven't watched that. I've yeah. So I've, I've funny enough, I watched the interview about half hour before we did this. <laughs> Let me have a look and see what's yeah. going on because obviously yeah. it's on Abu Dhabi time at the minute, so it's all sort of like stuff comes out at random times. Yeah. He's basically turned around and said no one's going to force him to fight. Um, at this minute in time, there is no no chance of him fighting. I think the guy has made. The guys, the only thing that 
I've said would be gutting for Khabib that he doesn't make it to 30 and 0. But yes. then again, he's 29 and 0. Like that one more fight, is it going to do anything for his legacy? Mm, not really. The only reason it would change anything would be because his dad wanted him to get to 30 and 0. But the 30 and 0 fight that his dad wanted was GSP. And they've said that GSP doesn't want the fight, this, that, and the other. Is he completely if, out of the picture? I don't think he is. I personally think what they're going to do sorry, is they're going to do I meant, this. I, I meant GSP. Is GSP completely out? No, 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 no. Sorry, that's, sorry, that's oh, what right. I was trying to allude to. I okay. don't think he is. I personally believe that they're going to do the fights this weekend. They will do sort of unofficial tournament I think the winner of McGregor Poirier will fight for the belt no matter what the, the answer is is who mm-hmm. who is it going to be I personally don't believe it's going to be Khabib because he's already come out and said I don't really want to fight the same guy which in my opinion I, I would like to see the McGregor fight not just because of being a fan of McGregor but we, I think if you look back and if people actually really hard look back at that, that build up to that, obviously there was a lot of horrible, nasty stuff. I, I personally do not condone anything that yeah, happened in yeah. that lead up and also the aftermath, the aftermath because yeah. a lot of people don't actually realize it took 15 plus, maybe even longer, 20, 20 years for the UFC to yeah. get into New York. Yeah. And McGregor, by acting that way, and yeah. doing that, you could have fucked that potentially right nearly. Up. Yeah, could yeah. have really messed that up for the yeah. UFC and and the future of the sport, really. Yeah. In the, in that regards, so um, I remember when yeah, I first so, uh, when I first started watching UFC, it was the Ultimate Fighter one, and yeah. it was still known as a blood sport even then. Yeah. It was still, if you're talking well, about cage fighting, you're like, fucking cage fighting. Gee. And I used to have the, the uh, what was the name, the brand? Uh, oh, affliction. Affliction. I had affliction turn. I had cage yeah. fighter and all this sort of stuff all over. Yeah. And, um, and you're right. Yeah. In that, in that, and Madison Square Gardens was, was, was it, no MMA whatsoever for, for, no, how, it, no. And then, well, the first fight actually, the first fight was McGregor's fight against Eddie Alvarez. That was yeah. the that was the first fight. That was two o, that was two o five. Funny enough, just before I fought, I was actually in. I, I'm I'm half Mauritian. Uh, I've got I've got grandparents who live in Mauritius, and I was out there in Mauritius when that fight was happening. So I was oh, luckily yeah. enough with the terrible internet connection to eventually <laughs> get a video to watch the okay. fight. And but by then they'd already <laughs> announced it on of all places. I thought Mauritius is never going to announce the Conor McGregor fight. What, what comes up on the news? Conor McGregor wins the uh, second belt. I was sitting there. I was like, oh, spoiler alert! I was like, ah, oh. but um. But yeah, they, they they tried. The UFC have done a lot to do that. So, they, in my opinion, the Khabib fight for me was don't get me wrong, Khabib's dominant. And can am I saying McGregor wins the fight? No, but I think if people actually look back at the build up to that, I will allude to one thing. If people really really want to go back and see my point of view on this, mm-hmm. you look at the press conference beforehand. Yeah. Yep. McGregor turns up, he turns up late as he always does yep. because yep. he's notoriously bad for doing that. But it's not just that. He turns up and he's pissed already before the fight, before he, the press conference. Was he was he snorting coke as well, do you think? 
There was a that huge rumours that he had a big he was a, he had a big cog habit in around yeah. that time. To be honest, with the look, I'm not somebody that knows about that sort of thing, yeah. and that's not me just saying it just for the sake of it. I'm just I'm not. not a- I, I'm, I'm not. I, I know this. Look, the problem is, is with me, like especially with social media nowadays, is that anybody can put something out. Yes, I know. For, yeah, yeah. I know for a fact because you see it at the press conference. He's drinking whiskey. If you're at that time, that's two weeks out from a flight, that's and perfect, somebody yeah. that. Is not who's not I'm not being funny. I'm not I wasn't on that I was never ever on their level. I'm not gonna ever compare myself to those guys. The guys that fight on the pro pro side of things are on another level in terms of dedication. I'm not saying every pro, but a lot of the pros nowadays are it's not the old days where anybody could just go and get a pro fight. These yeah. pros now dedicate their lives, they dedicate time away yeah. from their families and spend an enormous amount of time they they don't have relationships with people pure for the fact because training is everything to them yeah so for that guy then to go and start drinking and that there was something not right in that camp whatever whatever it was but he still managed to last four rounds with him well three and a half say yeah after yeah. the after being submitted and i know a lot of guy a lot of people out there will go oh he was a chicken he tapped this that and the other you and me and you will know this that that when it's on it's on <laughs> yeah yeah it's not even just that it's on it's on that was across the jaw and oh, yes Khabib yes yeah, yeah. notoriously bad for being very very strong yeah and able to squeeze he's a he's a i think again people will watch khabib and go oh he's a boring fighter is this that and the other we don't realize what the the level that guy is on and yeah. as i said i think in that lightweight division there's two people that are at the top of that division, in my opinion, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And don't get me wrong, my opinion could be squashed this weekend if Dustin Poirier comes out and absolutely obliterates McGregor. Would but you, I you know personally what? believe yeah, that they're the two best, sorry, they're, they're the two best of that division. I personally yeah. believe that McGregor and um, Khabib. Khabib are yeah. on, the, on, on another level compared yeah. to... All the other guys. Just, just so you, I fully agree. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I fully agree, bro. I'm not even gonna lie. They can't. Yeah. I mean, Poirier. I mean, if, if I'm give, gonna give my honest opinion on the on this weekend's fight, I think as the horrible thing is, Poirier's a he's so fucking nice. He's he's such a good guy. Do you know what I mean? And I want him to do well, but I just really like the Khabib fight. I knew he was gonna get fucking mauled, and he was. Mm. You know, and I hate that. Um, but I can't see I can't see anything past a really dominant McGregor performance. I can't I can't see anything. I can't. See, I know he's he's yeah, people keep talking about how he he's, his boxing has improved, um, his jiu-jitsu's improved. But I, I still don't think like you said, he's nowhere near on McGregor's level. I personally, I don't think. I just I I personally believe with Dustin Poirier the problem that he's going to have, and again, it's something that uh, again I've been sort of looking at it this week this week a lot. I've looked at it in the past in the lead up to the Cerrone fight, for example. McGregor's distance control is on another level. Like I'm a massive, massive fan of, uh, and some people will know him. A lot of people will know him in the MMA world, but Dan Hardy. Dan Hardy, in my of opinion, does some of the best yeah, breakdowns yeah, ever. Yeah. He does, and if, if anybody wants to go to YouTube and watch his breakdowns of fights, he's got a, a breakdown actually of this upcoming week about what what can happen and what what the what either fighter can do. He doesn't just say, "Oh, this fighter can do that." He does it from both perspectives. So, I I sat there and I've looked at it a lot, and there was a there's a point I'm actually going to bring up in an interview again. 
the hours of watching interviews have actually come in really handy for this. So <laughs> I um, his distance control. It's not even just the fact that he can stay at distance. It's his ability to draw people onto his shots, McGregor. That is something that he's he's a master of. He's a he's a master of not only that that uh, that mid distance control. He's good at long distance and. I, I personally see one of two things happening. He said that he wants to try and get a bit more cage time. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. So, I, I believe uh, exactly, he exactly wants, the same. if he wants to fight, if he wants to fight what he's saying three to four times this year, yeah. then it's not really going to be a, a foregone thing with that. And again, people probably sit there and listen to this and go, oh, they're, they're just oh, Conor McGregor, this Conor McGregor. No, no, it's not that. Dustin Poirier is a savage. He's, again, lovely bloke. I've had the pleasure of meeting him as well. It, it's, it's a, he's a lovely guy. He's got all the ability in the world. But I think if Khabib and McGregor weren't around, he could 100%. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he can't win the fight. There's, yeah. there's every possibility. MMA is such an unpredictable sport. Yeah that anything can happen. But I personally believe that McGregor will try to keep distance to a certain extent. Dustin will try to keep distance. I actually foresee the first few minutes of the fight potentially being a little bit stale and not as... And I'm not saying that from a McGregor point of view or a Poirier point of view, and I think it will be one or the other where one of they'll be reading because the stakes are higher. Like The fact that this fight will potentially determine who's going to fight for the belt, whether yeah, it's Khabib or yeah, yeah. whoever yeah. else. It's going to be a little bit of a little bit of um, gamesmanship going on. What happens if Khabib is stripped of the belt? What happens in that sense? Do the two top competitors, the two, the two num- like number two and number one, do they fight and then that that they get the belt? How does it work if he's stripped? See, I I don't think that happens. They won't do number one and number two. What they what they're potentially going to do? Obviously, they've just had a massive signing in regards to Michael Chandler, Michael Chandler and Dan Hooker From this Bellator. weekend. Yeah, that is it's not actually my dark horse for the the fight of the night. It probably, to my in my opinion, I think it will be the fight of the night. That fight because they're going to come in and if you have if people haven't seen Dan Hooker before. He's another one that I've been watching since he actually used to compete at 145. He's okay. moved up to 155. And okay. if you look at the size of that guy, he's tall. Isn't he? guy made yeah, him, yeah. He's tall. He's a yeah. big, big tall guy. But yeah. he him versus Michael Chandler is a very interesting fight. But yeah. it's between, in my opinion, it's between them two and Charles Oliveira. It's got to oh, be yeah, one yeah. of them yeah, three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got to be one of them three that will potentially either fight for the belt. Or obviously somebody fighting could be, but at this minute in time, I I either see the co-main event potentially the winner of that fighting the winner of Poirier McGregor because that would make sense considering they're on the same card. Cut the months a uh, few months later, they if they're all if they come out half unscathed or there yeah. isn't anything majorly wrong with yeah. them. Yeah, I pers- I think I think if McGregor wins quickly, or Poirier wins or whatever, if there isn't a massive war. The winner of that would fight the the winner of the co-main event. But if, oh, if say for example, if yeah, if if one of them's quicker than the other, and then the other one's a war, for example, I think Charles Oliveira then jumps in, and Charles Oliveira gets his shot. Hmm. You know, mate, there's so, n- there's never been a more um, exciting time to be a, 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 a 
a fight fan. I'm just looking. I've just brought up on my phone, right? So from this weekend, look, listen to these cards, right? So you've got UFC 257, obviously, Poirier, McGregor, right? UFC 258, Usman and Burns. UFC yes. 259, Black, Blackowicz. Blackowicz, how do you say it? Yeah. Blackowicz. Uh, yeah, it's Blackowicz. Yeah. And Adesanya. Adesanya. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 259, Nunes and Anderson. Uh, Yan and Sterling. 260, you've got uh, uh, Stipe and, and Garnu. And then you've got Volkanovski Ortega. Mate, that's... Yeah. <laughs> There's never been a better time to be a fight fan. Never. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a dark horse in this one, right? And it's the one that I am looking forward to the most. And I think it's one that's very, very much flying under the radar. And it happens to do with Stipe and Francis Ngannou, mm-hmm. because the winner of that, unfortunately, <laughs> whoever comes through that fight has got the hard task. I don't care what people say. It's John Jones. John Jones moving to heavyweight. I know people are talking about the Andersanya fight, yeah. wanting to fight Andersanya. Look, in my opinion, that fight makes no sense. In in my opinion, they they've got bad blood. They don't I was just like gonna say it's, it's bad blood, isn't it? Yeah. But for everybody sitting there, something that I've always wanted to see is John Jones fight heavyweight. That, okay, that's yeah. a guy I like again in the very, very early days of me getting into MMA and being a fan, I was lucky enough to go to the UFC Expo in London and I got to meet John Jones, of all okay. people, like very early on in his career, before he even got the belt. He was actually okay. just before he fought Ryan Bader uh, okay, yeah, very, yeah. very many years ago. Yeah. And um, the guy's massive. The guy's huge. And I sit here <laughs> and look at him, God, he makes 205. Like, if, if he can come out and he fights at heavyweight, yeah. I personally believe... Look, everybody's saying at the minute Khabib is the greatest of all time. Don't get me wrong, it's 29 and 0. That's fantastic. Do you do you but think he'll go down as one of the greatest? Or, you know, do you think it, he will? Khabib, Khabib will go down as one of the greatest 100%, but the greatest of all time. And again, I've changed my I've gone over this a few times and thought about it. I know he's had his problems as well with drugs tests and all that sort of stuff. Do you think that in my opinion hindrance to because whenever you associate John Jones, I don't know about you, but everyone always says, but he's always going to have that fucking was it picogram or whatever the fuck it was. Yeah, yeah, the gonna, picogram. He's, yeah, he's always going to have that stigma. Always, I think it's going to it's going to kind of it's going to haunt him. I think a little bit. But that's why I think he's made made the move to heavyweight oh, okay. because I think he wants to he wants to potentially like McGregor's done. He wants to create a different different narrative in that okay. regard. So he wants yeah. to, everybody to talk about him in a different light now. So when he moves to heavyweight and if he starts running through these heavyweights, you, you can't deny the geezer's not the greatest the greatest fighter oh, we've ever mate, seen. Like yeah. he's I think what what people don't realize is when he run through the light heavyweight division of when he did he beat. Legends, yeah. Vitor Belfort, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Shogun Hura, uh, he beat Rashad Evans, he beat Rampage Jackson, yeah. he beat uh, Leo Machita, choked him out unconscious with, in my opinion, still to this day, one of the nastiest submissions I've ever yeah. seen in the UFC. Yeah. That beats twisters and everything. When he had them in that guillotine and wrenched yeah. it up, it, uh, it was just... It, it Although saying that, the, 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 first the, one, the first one was a bit debatable, but <laughs> it's definitely yeah. the second one I've Look, <laughs> I actually always said I always said Gustafsson won that because I like Mate, he absolutely did them guys. he absolutely yeah. did but <laughs> but I still personally believe that the John Jones that we're going to see at heavyweight could potentially be a completely different animal in that regard so it, as you said it's a very very exciting time to be a, a be a fight, a fight fan. fan and 
Don't you think that's what separates it from boxing? Because I, I, I quite like boxing, but I can't stand yeah, me too. you know stuff like um like uh Tyson Fury, right? Uh there's never with boxing it seems to be the, the, the best always kind of miss each other, or they always yeah. do you know what I mean? I, 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 when both of them are at their prime, they miss each other. And there's nothing yeah. more frustrating than that. Whereas MMA, mate, that don't happen. <laughs> it don't happen. Yeah. If, if you're if you're the best and you're a competitor, like you're 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 gonna meet. There's no two ways. Yeah. The the problem is being with boxing, as you just said there, you just alluded to there, is the fact that over the years, boxing has taken that dip because the best haven't fought the best. Yes. Don't get me wrong. I don't know if you've seen today, they've um, they've said that the Anthony Joshua Tyson Fury fight is very, very basically nearly there. They're nearly oh, there. No, the I, I didn't see that. This, so I, I've seen it today. There was uh, things, because what it was is um, Alexander Usk, who was meant to be the mandatory challenger for the WBO belt, um, had basically been told by the WBO that he has to fight somebody else now. Okay. They've said, oh, you've got to fight somebody else because basically with boxing, money talks. Yeah, Money talks. It does yeah. with every sport, but especially in boxing, Definitely money boxing. talks. And they yeah, know yeah. for a fact that the Joshua Fury fight is going to make a hell of a lot of money. The only problem that I've seen with that, which is something I'm actually personally going to be very gutted about, obviously due to a pandemic, I, underst- I don't actually know, I don't understand it because I would Not just put it off a little bit longer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But <laughs> with all of this, they're talking about doing it in Abu Dhabi, which in my opinion... Again, again where the money is. <laughs> yeah, it should be in the UK. It's the Absolutely. biggest fight to ever happen in the UK and for the fact that they they could sell out Wembley like that it would just be it would be the easiest thing for them to do because yeah. I'm not somebody that's ever wanted to go to Wembley and watch a fight I'm when I go to watch a fight I like it to be a little bit more close knit so I can hear what's going on I can see everything yeah. Wembley you're never going to see anything if you're sat in the rafters like unfortunately I'd never be able to afford a ticket sitting ringside <laughs> but yeah. I'd be, I would just be just the there, atmosphere just, the, just just for the atmosphere and the experience to be there. And I think that Tyson Fury and Eddie Joshua, or, or sorry, Eddie Hearn and Frank Warren, who are their promoters and Bob Arum, who I yeah. think is also uh, Tyson Fury's promoter. I think by them taking that fight to Abu Dhabi, I think they're taking something massively away from, from the fans, from yeah, the fans, because it, at, at the end of the day, that's a fight that the British fans have been waiting for. Obviously, the world is waiting for it, but yeah. the British fans especially have known about Tyson Fury and Indy Joshua for so long. Yeah. It's something where it's like, come on, like, it kind give of puts us that boxing, fight. Bo- bo- puts boxing back on the map again as well. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah, exactly, I mean, yeah. for years, for years and years and years, MMA is so much more exciting to watch, right? It's so yeah. much, it's just so, but for that, I still do like boxing. Do you know what I mean? I still, I still like. Oh know, yeah, the, the last the last AJ fight. I like, you know, I love watching the little build up. I love the press, and I, but MMA is obviously so much more exciting. But I still would love to watch a boxing match, and I really do hope they get it done. I really properly do hope they get it done. The thing is, is with boxing now, especially in this country, we're starting to get a lot more up and coming talent in in boxing that people don't. Again, people don't really realise because it's not publicised as much yeah. anymore because of the dip over the years and how long it's taken to get certain fights made. Whether it was the Mayweather-Pacquiao fight or or whatever. Obviously, we had one of the the best prospects that we had for years was Ricky Hatton when he went over and he fought uh, 
when he fought Mayweather and then yes. he fought Pacquiao. Yeah. And yeah. 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 He, he went out there and he went out there and he shielded to fight whoever they could. But you've got some guys coming up now. Like Obviously, we had the other week... Um, Ryan Garcia fight um, Luke Campbell. I was gutted for Luke Campbell because he's a phenomenal, phenomenal boxer. Uh, you've got a lot of guys. There's a guy out there called Joshua Barazzi that not a lot of people know about this guy, but that's okay. a guy in the next few years that's going to come up and, and destroy people, in my opinion. There's, as I said, it's, it's a, and you've got the likes of Conor Ben, who everybody ah, yes, goes, oh, yeah. he's like his dad. He's like yeah. his dad, this, that, and the other. No, no, he's not. That yeah. guy is a very, very skilled, yeah. skilled boxer. And over the years, he's done stuff slightly different. Obviously, people make the comparisons with Eubank and, and Conor Ben and this, yeah. that, and the other. The difference between them two is that for a long time, obviously, Eubank Jr. was trained by his dad. Obviously, he's now changed gyms. I think he's training with Roy Jones Jr., if I'm correct. Okay. But he's now, obviously, um, with Conor Ben, he's training out of the... Uh, Matchroom gym, I think, funny enough, in Brentwood. Okay. And he's looking good. He's looking very, very good. So, again, British boxing is starting to come back. World yep. boxing is slowly starting to come back. But as you said, MMA is just a completely different kettle of fish because, <laughs> as you said, the, the best get to fight the best. And yes. and as yep. fans, as fans of the sport, that's what you want to see. Like, yep. we've got that this weekend. We've yeah. literally got that this weekend. Yeah, yeah. The, the actual card from top to bottom is stacked, stacked yeah. to another level. Like I've, I've said to people this weekend, if you can watch the fight, watch it. Unfortunately, I will not be staying up to watch it because unfortunately <laughs> for me, I can't do with the two, eight, like the, the one, the midnight yeah. start and then have yeah. to be up at six and all that yeah. sort of stuff. So I'm going to, I'm going to turn my phone off. Yep. I'm going to get up in the morning. I'm yep. buying the pay-per-view. I'm not going to be streaming it because I don't know if you see Dana White coming after Oh, mate, streamers. he's after the Pirates. He's then, fucking after them. He's now. after him. He's after him. I was like, no. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I'm, I'm basically, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to buy the pay-per-view on Saturday. I think yep. it's on BT Sports Box Office. BT, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait till the morning. I'm going to turn my phone off. I'm going to turn the phone off because I know people out there are going to spoil it. Someone's going to spoil it. Someone's going to text me and Mate, go, this, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Are you want The WhatsApp groups are the worst. I I, I purposely, um, in the past, I can't even remember what fights there were now, but the big fights, right? Um, I would, uh, I, if I wasn't going to stay up, what I would do is I would turn the notifications off Twitter, um, Facebook, and Instagram. I would turn them three off. Yeah. And the fucking cunts in the WhatsApp group, <laughs> yeah. would fucking tell you who done it I'm like mate yeah. the one thing I didn't turn off was yeah. fucking WhatsApp because I thought everyone would be asleep but anyway yeah, yeah. it's just uh, I think I'm going to do the same I think or, or, or maybe I might just get up at five in the morning I'm not going to do an all nighter but I might get yeah. up at five because I'm, I, I don't see, mind getting up at that time <laughs> see I've, re- I've already spoke to the wife I was like right I'm not going to be in this in an horrible way, but I'm having the TV. Well, we've got we've got two TVs in the house. We're not okay, yeah. we're not poor, but like we just, <laughs> we've got two TVs in the house. But I said to her, look, I'm going to plot up in bed on Sunday morning. Yeah, I'm just going to go and get myself a cup of tea downstairs. I'm going to sit upstairs and I'm just going to watch the fights. I went, don't disturb me, don't bother me. I'm just going to sit here and watch the fights because, as I said, like the, this this fight week, I'm unfortunately I've not got to watch the fights from last night yet due to work and, yep. and bits and pieces like that. So the plan is to watch that actually on Saturday once I've got some stuff and that sorted, and I'll, I'll be watching that because. I know the results, but um, I heard a lot of the fights are meant to be very, very good. Like yeah. there was a, a lot of guys on there that I actually wanted to see. There's a couple of the guys, the uh, English guys, 
English guys. I, I did see, I did actually get to see Tom Breeze, which is he's one of my. He's actually a good, a, a very, 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 very good fight. He's fought a very, very hard, hard guy. I'm terrible for pronouncing names, so I'm not even going to attempt <laughs> to pronounce his name. But he got choked out uh, via an arm triangle, and I'm very, very gutty for him in that regards. But yeah. I hope to see him come back because at middleweight, he used to fight at welterweight. So people, a lot of people don't realize at welterweight he looked drained. At middleweight, that guy, you sit there now and you look at him like when we talk about weight cuts. Yeah. You you see guys make weight and then you see them go up to that next they weight cut. Like you go, yeah. How yeah. how did you ever yeah. ever make make that weight? And yeah. to be honest, I, I did a very, very similar stupid thing myself in regards to making a a, a silly weight cut. Well, so just, I had somebody help me with my weight cut. It's actually uh someone who used to train with again a name Beth she's um she's a nutritionist under Lockhart and uh, Lockhart and Leaf uh, okay. she does a lot of weight cuts now for people uh in the UK in regards to MMA but I did a we'll talk about extreme weight cuts just for a laugh yeah, yeah. um I think what was it I think we end up cutting something like 15 kilos in seven weeks for my fight on Brad Pickett show so Jeez. I did <laughs> yeah, I, I was. Um, I'm notoriously bad, and most people, most people know me for this. Is the fact that I balloon up during camps. I've got this. I have a problem when it comes to eating. I love my food. Like okay, me and my right, wife, yeah. we love our food. Like we love, <laughs> we love eating. I love, I love eating. Like even before I got on this, I'm sitting there debating. I'm like, oh, do I have something to eat? Oh, no, I've eaten dinner. Like, don't be, don't be such a greedy. Don't be so greedy. Yeah. And um, but yeah, extreme weight cutting. I think is something in this sport that really needs to be be eradicated because yeah. i was doing that at a very lower level i know for a fact that some of these guys are cutting 10 pounds a night before yeah. like yeah. You, how, you'll how, see it this week how tough did you find Sorry. it um like was you cutting the last few pounds the last like you know towards the end of the night or um how? well so basically the way the way it worked was um I, i'll give you a slight rundown so Obviously, I had Christmas. I fought in February for this fight. I the fight that I fought in, uh, in a funny enough, it was at the Brentwood Centre. I actually trained at the Brentwood Centre. Our gym was at the time, was in, well, still is at the Brentwood Centre. Okay. And um, I was training there. And obviously, the fight, they announced that they were going to put a fight on the Brentwood Centre. And I was like, right, I've got a fight on that card. I've really got a fight on that card. Like, I need to fight. And it's in such home gym. Of course. Need of course, to fight yeah, this yeah. and yeah. the other. Over Christmas. Obviously, as indulged. ever, overindulged, <laughs> over, well, over <laughs> okay. massively overindulged. So I've over, overindulged as such, and uh, sort of took me took me foot off the gas because with my work, especially Christmas, is one of our busiest times of year, leading up in the building trade. So you just carry on working and going to the cafe and having a breakfast <laughs> in and having yeah. another breakfast, and it all sort of builds up over <laughs> yeah, time. And so I woke, I woke up New Year's Day and uh, got a message from Beth saying, uh, "What are you weighing?" So I stepped on the scales. I was like, uh, I said, "Do you really want to know?" She was like, "Yeah, go on in." I went, "I was on my maybe I'm 83." She went, "What?" I'm like, "I'm 83." She was like, "Oh, okay then." People go, "Oh, 83. It's not too bad." I had to weigh in 66. Oh shit! Yeah. So it was 83 kilos having to weigh in at 66, seven oh, weeks yeah. out yeah, from the yeah. fight. And Beth, give her her due, she got me on weight. <laughs> yeah. Got me on weight. I yeah. just, I think my battle for that fight was the weight cut. The weight cut just killed me in the end. I just, and, and to be honest, don't blame anybody but me. I'm the 
I'm the greedy fuck that decided to stuff his face <laughs> over Christmas. And as I say to people, people go like, how did you do that? I'm like, it's a mental thing. Like, I've never missed weight for a fight ever. How no was you what. training? Never, ever. Um, was you training hard? Was you hard sparring uh, during that weight cut? Uh, yeah. So really, when it comes to hard sparring, funny enough, this is obviously a conversation that's in there. I was going, at the minute. Yeah, so, uh, Holloway. Holloway mentioned he's, he stopped yeah. there, wasn't he? So I, I was sparring hard a lot at the beginning of training, like ever, like when I first started training MMA, but taking punches of the head off of guys that are pro athletes, it's just never fun. It's never, <laughs> ever fun. It's never fun. I don't care who you are. I don't care who you are. Like, hit and go. I love getting punched in the face. Whoever says they love getting punched in the face, you are you are in the nicest possible way. You're a fucking idiot because I don't, I don't ever want to lose. I haven't got a lot of brain cells left as it is. Like I'm not yeah, the smartest yeah. of people in the world, but yeah. I don't need to lose any more than I've already lost. So um, yeah, the hard sparring thing is, look, I think it differs from person to person. In my opinion, when you get to the levels of the McGregor's, the... Holloways, all of them guys in the top echelon in the UFC. If you are, if you are in the top echelon, like the top, say five, six, even ten, top ten, I will say top ten. You know how to fight. They yeah. fight like yeah. guys that have had 30, 40 fights. They don't necessarily need to hard spar. Don't get me wrong. Some of them do want to do it. So are we to sit there and comment and go, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that? It's for the each individual person. Look, yeah, of course, yeah. in this sport, uh, look, it, people go, oh, uh, it's a team sport. It's not. It, unfortunately, yeah. when you get in there on that night, you're on your own. Don't get me yeah. wrong. You have a team behind you. You have people helping you. But you're the one walking in that cage that night. Course, yeah. If you feel yeah. like you need to hard spar and you need to get that in, whether I agree with it, I personally don't agree in hard sparring anymore. Like, I think okay. it's something where we're seeing it. Um, I don't know if you see the interview this week with a guy called Spencer Fisher. He's a, he's a, if, if anybody wants to go and have a look at it, it's a, he's a guy, Spencer Fisher. If you even look at him on YouTube, uh, YouTube, he's again, or go on UFC fight parts. This guy's an animal. Guy's an animal. Like, it's full. I think he was like a 30 or maybe even 40 or pro fight athlete, was in some wars, come out, he's got CTE now, he's had problems, a lot of, problems yeah. in a the lot, last yeah. few years what a lot of boxers and, get isn't it a lot of a lot of boxers get that yeah as well. and i yeah. know i remember uh, were... listening to a podcast that it was a uh, was it roy was it roy johns jr something someone like that and uh they're talking about you know don't go too hard with these guys or you'll end up like the other guys who they don't talk too good to yeah. us so well you know and it's like yeah when it's fucking up your speech you know <laughs> it's like you know that's that's the problem when you're when you're taking and also i think it all depending on who you're sparring with like Gyms are notorious, especially gyms in general. So for guys out there that are going to look to go into a gym and start training and start getting into it, look, go and do it. I'm not, not saying don't go and spar and stuff like that. But if you're a novice and you decide you want to go against a guy who's a pro guy or somebody that's been training a few years, that's got decent striking, decent wrestling, don't take the piss. Yeah. Because yeah. I always found this, that, I used to have to do this with people. People would try and take the mick and try and hit you hard. And then when you hit them back, you see their faces. You go, they go, oh, I wasn't expecting that. And then they say, oh, slow down, slow down. It's look, it's not, it's not people trying to be horrible. It's not trying to be nasty. But you got to understand that you're hitting then somebody else. Like 
in my opinion, playful sparring. You can still throw things at speed, just pull the punches. You don't need to, especially yeah. with especially with the small gloves. With MMA gloves, he's a lot more dangerous. He's yeah. a hell of a lot more a lot dangerous less, when you're... Less forgiving. You're, yeah. yeah, it's a lot less forgiving. And that's let alone if you're fighting in pro gloves. Like The, the amateur gloves, they've still got padding to them, but they're still unforgiving in that way. You hit somebody with them, they're going to know about it. So... In regards to that sort of side of things, it is one of them where people people sit there and go, oh, you shouldn't hard spy, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that. My opinion is each personal preference. Some guys, they need a hard spy. Like I would always find that I'd spar hard at the beginning of the camp. And tone it down. And then towards and then towards the end, I'd slowly bring it down. Like I think we had a conversation, funny enough, in one of the WhatsApp group about it. And I put a post I put something yes, up. Yes, like, you did. You're right. Yes, you did. <laughs> you did. I, I, I put something up and I said, look, at the end of the day, like I used to do it once a week. You can spar hard once a week and never have an issue. Yeah. If you're sparring hard four days, three days, five days out of the week, you're not really gonna get anything out of that other than a hell of a lot of bruising, a hell of a lot of brain damage and, yeah. and exhaustion sit there and go yeah, you, your body, look, the human body is a remarkable thing, but also you you need to look after it. Like I've, I've learned that over the years of training and abusing my body in a way where I've had injuries and decided to go back too early or the yeah, illness yeah. and going back yeah. too early, that unfortunately the human body can only take so much. Yeah. So it, it is it is in that regards. It's something where, as we talk about it with hard sparring, I would say anybody that wants to spar hard, Find the person who wants to spar hard with you. If you both want to give each other brain damage, that's fine. But if you're going up against somebody else that doesn't necessarily want to hard spar, spar yeah. hard, that's why, in my opinion, with, with training partners, if you get a good training partner, you have an understanding. I've been very, very lucky in the past yeah. with training partners that I have had that I've sort of fizzled out, even in jiu-jitsu, because you know it and I know it. There's guys that will come in and like... Even me and you, if me and <laughs> yeah. yeah, me and you, we can roll together. We can have a nice playful role. We can have a yeah. little bit of a harder role. Yeah. But you get some guys that are just like, bang, 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 <laughs> yeah. and it's just like, it's just like, oh man, I just wanted a nice roll. Like, I can't deal with this. Like, I can't yeah. deal with this hard rolling anymore. Like, just yeah. like chill it out a little it's, bit. It's it, like depending on the day. It's like that old joke, and when you say we'll just go roll easy today, it never fucking it never pans out that way, does it? <laughs> See, to be honest though, like I, I think I'm I'm probably one of the only people that doesn't. Like, I I enjoy. Don't get me wrong, I enjoy them hard rolls, but I find in jujitsu now, especially where I'm at now, I I like to have them playful rolls with guys. Like I was very lucky with the other other Wes, um, who trains down the other black belt Wes. I yep, managed yep. to have a very very playful no gi role with him the last time I rolled with him yeah and it was nice because that's a black belt that you know they're gonna have they you, I know that he's gonna be able to beat me I'm not yep. I'm not sitting there going oh I can beat him this that and the other eventually like I say this with everybody any one of my coaches I've never it's not a sign of disrespect this is actually a compliment in my opinion yeah my aim is always to beat them because if I know that I can beat them I'm on their level. Like I, I want. That's what you want to strive to as yeah, yeah. Uh, a white belt, a blue belt, a purple belt, a brown belt, even other black belts. Other black belts want to attack other black belts so they know like they can get to. They're still at that level. Yeah, of it's never like I know people talk about disrespecting like tapping people and talking about. It. It's not. It's not about that. It's not about talking about it. It's just like if you if you can submit somebody of that level. Yeah. 
I've always said it like if a if a white belt was to tap me, I never ever take it personally. I never take it personally yeah, yeah, because yeah. they're there for the same reason I am. They're there to improve. They're there yeah, to yeah, get yeah. better. So that's in my opinion, that's the whole point of jujitsu. Yeah. And it's, it's hard. Like it's hard to gauge where you are in jujitsu as well because as you're getting better, so are they. So it, yeah. it takes it takes other people or a competition to find out exactly where you are. And then uh, for me. When I first started, all I cared about, all I really genuinely gave a shit about was getting my blue belt. That's all I cared about. Sometimes mm. I, was, I was training there three times in a day. Like I would do the morning class, six in the morning. Then I'd do the lunch class yeah. when my missus started training. Then I would come down and do, do you know Jack, uh, the other black belt down there? Yeah. I would do his, his sparring class in the evening. And mate, there's only so much of that you can do as well. <laughs> you know, there's only so much of that, you know, three times in a fucking day. But, and then I, maybe I'd, I would do a Tuesday night. Wednesday morning, and I was obsessed for a long time. All I cared about was getting the blue belt. But then once I got the blue belt, nothing changed. I'm still coming. I'm still training. Yeah. I'm still, nothing actually physically changes. And then, so now I've, well, not now, but I mean, I, I started to dial it back a bit. I think, well, I'm just going to not worry about the belt so much. I'm just going yeah. to keep coming and the belts will come. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, no, they will. That's the thing. I think, I think what, as you, as you just said there with the belts, like the belts are not everything. Like for me now, I don't want to, I'm not sitting there concentrating and like, oh yeah, I want my brown belt by a certain, certain time. Because at the end of the day, I, I respect the decisions of the coaches, coaches and, yeah, yeah. Uh, and not even so the coaches, everybody, anybody that puts effort into or gives me a stripe or gives me um, a belt. It's the fact that I know that, as that time goes on, the competitor in me wants to compete at that higher level. So wants to compete at brown belt, wants to compete at black belt, wants to compete. Oh, sorry, sorry, I should rephrase that. I'm not a brown belt yet. So compete <laughs> at purple belt, compete how, at brown belt, compete how, at, at black belt. How long have you been a, a purple belt? Oh, I think about, I think it's two years. Two years? Yeah, I think it's about two years because basically I know I got my I got my blue belt within a year. I got my blue belt within a year. I think it might have been around about nine months, I think it was. I got yeah. my 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 blue belt. But at the time I was single. Training like I didn't bitch. go out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. didn't literally do anything. I didn't do anything <laughs> other than train. Like yeah. I'd go out with my friends and, and that we'd go out on nights out, we'd go out clubbing and bits and pieces like that. But predominantly my time was spent in the gym. Like because I honest, I was useless when I started. I was absolutely useless. Like most people are, but I was <laughs> yeah. I was like really bad. And I just remember it. I was like, I've got to get better. I've got to get better. But I just I was in the gym. I was a gym rat. I was just like every single day like I'd I'd pick anybody like a brown belt, a blue belt, a, a black belt like quite lucky at the time with my coach at the time Michael Russell he, he was a black he just I think he just recently got his black belt and that and uh, I was very lucky that I got to roll with him like sometimes like an hour a day like because That's I've worked goals, yeah. I worked two minutes from where I worked so me and him would roll don't get me wrong he tapped me like a hundred thousand like maybe a thousand times in an hour he tapped me so many times I just used to lose count but I just like keep on rolling keep on rolling keep on yeah, rolling yeah, yeah. and I just found out that I, I just found out over time I was getting better and getting better and getting better and then um yeah I got my blue belt and then I was like ecstatic when I got my blue belt I actually went and competed two weeks after I got my blue belt I went and competed at a competition I went and competed at the English Open that was at, um the Dartford Judo Club okay. and uh <clears throat> and uh I remember the first the first match I had I had this match and I went out I went like literally just went everything that I could into this match 
and I threw up afterwards. The first time I've ever thrown up oh, after God. doing anything like exercise. Well, I went outside, I threw up, I come back, I competed against somebody else and I had no energy left. The guy just literally destroyed me within about a minute. <laughs> but I come oh, out of that and I was like, I was like, oh, blue belt's hard. And then after that, I sort of took, um, obviously I took more of a, an MMA route. Not straight after that, but sort of maybe a year or a year or two after that, I, I took more of an MMA route and and really concentrated on MMA because it was something that I'd had a passion to do. And in between then, we're still training jiu-jitsu, always training my jiu-jitsu and, and stuff like that, but sort of got out of the gi and stopped, out, stopped, stopped getting into the consistency of it. And then over the years, obviously with the illness, having time off and, and other bits and pieces, life obviously getting in the way as it, yeah, as it does. Yeah, yeah. I um, I got I didn't train as much jiu-jitsu as I would have liked to. I still I trained a lot, but I did a lot more no-gi. I competed a lot more in no-gi than I did in the gi. Really you, put the gi on that much. Uh, would you recommend people doing more no-gi? Or if they're in the if they're in if they if they're doing pro- predominantly no-gi, do you recommend them doing stuff in the gi? Because I found when I went when I was doing just pure gi, the very first no gi class I did, I felt like I was a fresh white belt again. I felt like a, it's like yeah. a different fucking sport. So, so you would say I would recommend, and you know why? I'm going to bring up that Go on. Uh, that inter club that we did. So, all right, yeah. At the time, I did tell Wes this that I hadn't stuck the gi on in like eight or nine months. Like it was okay. the first time. So I went into that competition against Anthony, who obviously <laughs> was training very regularly in the gi. Yeah, and. I went in and just did no gi and I went in there in the gi and I remember talking to one of my, tra- my training partners, James, uh, James and that. And uh, I said to him, I was like, oh, I've got this competition. And he was like, well, I was like, yeah, it's in the gi. And he was like, but you don't train in the gi very often. Like you put it on like once in a blue moon. I was like, yeah, no, like it is what it is. Like I said, so, someone's asked me as a favor. I said like, if it was a, like, if I was proper gearing up for it, yeah. I probably wouldn't have done it. But I said, I wanted to do it to help Wes out because I said, he's always been as good as gold to me. He's always been such a nice bloke. And if I, if I can help anybody out, I'd help somebody out at the end of the day. So, and yeah, so like obviously getting back in the gi, but it, it gave me that love back for it. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I find the gi sometimes quite frustrating Yeah, because of my, my, my sort of style of jujitsu is a very much a pressure style in regards to, I like to, I like to have a fast paced pressure style. Okay. People probably look at my style and go, oh, it's not that fast. I'm like, it, it is when I, when I get going, and especially with the no-gi coming back from the MMA background, yeah. I'm a lot more, more, more sort of fluid with my grips in regards to a no-gi. But obviously once I got back, even though it was for maybe a month and a half or something, whatever it was in the end, that I ended up training back down regularly with Wes, I started getting the gi back in the gear again. I started remembering the gi grips and yeah. and starting to do stuff. So, obviously now, once we can all get back to some form of normal normality and normal yeah. training, fingers crossed. I've touched woods yeah, to do it mean? as much as I can. Um, yeah, I'll be getting back in the gear and I'll be doing no gi as well. I I would recommend doing both, but what I would say is to people out there that are debating whether to do something, get in the gi. Get in the gi first. Yeah. Learn learn some stuff in the gi because I always found that um, my actually my no gi helped my gi because if I can't get a grip, I'm able to use other grips. Like I've, okay. I've been I've been lucky enough to show some of the guys down at Gracie Baja a few little bits and pieces here and there where I can um, 
and they say, oh, what do you do here? And what do, well, how comes you do that? I said, because of no, because of my nogi background. I know if I can't yeah. get that grip, I can yeah. use another grip where I would just use my nogi, nogi side of things. So yeah. as I said, now it's just about adapting that, um, adapting that style that I've got it back into a gi thing. For me, it's not the passing. It's not the sweeps. It's nothing like that. It's the submissions, submissions. again. Yeah, it's all yeah, the gi chokes. Yeah. It's all the gi chokes. It's like everybody starts trying to wrap up gi chokes and I'm just like, oh, not another one. It's like, he's <laughs> having to try and like defend them. But as I said, like I think, uh, to be honest, Wes, Wes was lucky enough. To, I was quite lucky with Wes that I got to sit down with him for a little bit and he showed me a couple of little chokes and that, that um, yeah, I, uh, I, unfortunately, as much as I'd love to try and practice them on my missus, she's got no, no interest, no desire to do <laughs> jujitsu. And to be honest, she probably can hear me because she's in the next room. But I have no desire for her to train with me. <laughs> 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 the, the training time is my own time. I like, I like that little bit of time. No, of course. Train, yeah. So yeah. So yeah, it's um, it is one of them. So people sort of think um, that. Because my missus, she started to train, and then she uh, and, my, and my daughter trains as well. And like I said, we bought the mats, got everything out, but it just it doesn't happen. Like you said, it's it's no. not really. People assume we train all the time. We fucking don't. <laughs> you know, it's no. just like you said. That time on the mat is my time because yeah. you know. But well, I say <laughs> not anymore. But yeah, <laughs> like you know, it's just um, I, talking about it now, mate. It's given me an itch. And I need to. Oh, don't! I need I've, to fucking scratch. I need to poke someone. <laughs> you know what? I actually just said it. I really need to just get tired again because I've said it. Like I've I've been quite lucky, obviously, that um, I've I've still been able to work and bits yeah. of it. But having that regular routine for me, oh. I'm a bit of a I'm a bit of a routine that in that regards. Like I know you do the six o'clock in the morning class. I'd love to make that, but most of the time I'm up at five o'clock in the morning. I've left by six to leave for work because I have to get yeah. to whatever site I'm working on. So um, most of the time I can't make that six a.m. class unless I'm working locally. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I'm more of I just I'm looking forward to getting back into that routine of just whether it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And to be honest, I think once everything opens back up, I think I'm going to be there every, every day, day for like a month. <laughs> yeah, yeah I think I'm just, going to say to, I'm just going to say to my wife, look, you're not going to see me for a month. Like, don't even bother asking to me. I'll see you at the weekend. Like, but Monday to Friday, I think, well, no, I'll say that. I'll just start training Monday. To, I'll train Monday and then I'll be like, right, I need, I need a week off my body, my body. My body's had enough. I've been training like a year, nearly. It's been a... But yeah, oh, it's just, yeah. You kind of forget how taxing it is on your on your body, you know, your my neck, my shoulders, the pain, the constant pain. Mm. Um, I started yeah. I've started doing yoga now, actually, funny enough, because I've heard, not I've heard, I, you know, I know it's quite good for your jiu-jitsu if you if you're more flexible. So very, very, very so good. There's a brown I'm, belt on I'm, YouTube. I've started watching. To be honest, there's there's loads of stuff out on YouTube in regards to yoga. I've done yoga a few times. I, I don't get it wrong. I'm not a yoga expert or anything like that. But <laughs> I, I have done it, and it does help. It does help. But to be honest, I think if I actually just even try to do anything at the minute, I'm I am trying to get myself back into um, into some form of normal shape. I've got a. Uh, I got as like I said, my boss. He uh, he likes to meet me and have quite a good work banter and that. And he said to me the other way, he's like, "Mate, you need to lose some weight." <laughs> it's just it's like you you put on a hell of a lot of weight. I was like, "Yes, I know, I know." I like I ever spoke to one of my friends the other day, and he said to me like, "He see me out and about, and he went, bloody hell, mate, you put some weight on." I went, "Look, this is what happens when I don't train." Like, I just 
I ate, I ate like people, all my mates are quite honest with me because they know I'll be on this back with them. But I just said to them, like, look, I can't train at the minute. Like, I, to be honest, I can't get my motivation to go out like most of these people that want to go out for a run and all of that. But I have to change that because I think I, I personally, as we've been talking about, I don't see everything opening back up until I, I reckon maybe even the summer. I think the summer's going to be prime opportunity, I think, for hopefully everything to open up and yeah. <laughs> obviously by then there'll be and again I'm probably going to have a load of people moan at me now about the vaccine and oh you know, all the anti-vaxxers are going to come out and yeah, rib yeah. me to rib me to high heaven but <laughs> at the end of the day you're going to have more of that being rolled out and people having the vaccine and hopefully hopefully we can get back to some form of normality sooner rather than later because I don't know about you but I'm sick of being stuck in my house oh, yeah, <laughs> it's mate, just it's it's, it's, it's been I tried to find the positives in the beginning. I, I, I thought to myself, um, I saw, I sat back and, uh, and, and seeing things from my son's point of view, right? So before lockdown, my son, um, so I would, I would uh, train in the morning or, or, uh, and then I'd go to work. And then my missus, she was working, she, was, she would work the opposite shift to me. So then when I come home, she would go to work and then we go to jiu-jitsu or my daughter does rugby. So, so uh, we'd be taking her to rope it. It was so busy. It was constantly, constantly busy. And there was only ever more, you know, any, there was never any more than like two, two of us in the house with him. And I've tried, in the beginning, I sort of sat back and I thought from his point of view, this is brilliant. We're all together. Yeah. Uh, and there's nothing to do, nowhere to go. Um, and for them two weeks that I was at home, from his point of view, it's great because he has everyone here. I'm done with it now. <laughs> I've, yeah. you know, I've, it's enough's enough. Do you know what I mean? And I knew it was, there was going to be another lockdown because in, I think it was October, they, ex- they extended the furlough to October. And then I remember they extended it again until uh, the end of March, April. the end of April. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 So I, I knew when they announced this other lockdown after Christmas, I was like, I'm not surprised. Why would they fucking yeah. extend the furlough to April? There's no other reason. And I think this lockdown is, is initially six weeks and I think review after six weeks, right? So 14th of, this, of February, another review. I think, honestly, it's going to fucking extend anyway. But if I'm totally yeah. honest, mate, I, you know, I work for a, a leading fucking breakdown company, so I'm always on the roads, right? Um, the traffic is normal. Everyone's, you, yeah. you're, you're driving around as well. Mate, it's, it's, to be honest. It seems like a, it seems I, like a normal I, day, doesn't it? <laughs> Well, I, I say that you say that. I think before Christmas it was. I think since I've gone back, yeah, it doesn't. It seems to massive like today. I've I've been working up in London, so I've been getting on the train, and I actually should have taken a photo because it was just uh, I, yeah. I've I've been in and around London since I was a kid. So yeah. I've seen London busy. I've seen it quiet at certain times. Obviously, going out at night. I was talking to talking to me. Uh, I talked to someone about it the other day about I remember getting on the night buses, getting home after being out at night with my mates and stuff like that. And you see London in a lot of different lights, on, especially on the night bus. But um, everything happens on the night bus, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> at this minute in time, the underground is the quietest I've ever seen it, and it yeah. is eerie. It's eerily quiet. The roads, don't get me wrong still got people out on the roads and yeah. and bits and like that. But I, I personally believe I think I think with this latest um latest part of lockdown and and that I've noticed it a lot more obviously in the local area that we all live in. Yeah. And that obviously I live in I live in Wolfram Abbey and um I've noticed it it's a lot more quieter on this lockdown than it was on the last one. We're not talking about the one in April, we're talking about the other one because oh, I yeah. think a lot of people 
I think a lot of people in that other one was sort of like, yeah, all right, whatever this yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, now I think it's a lot more sort of people are doing, as I said, what they're, look, no, none of us like to listen to the government in a lot of ways, <laughs> but at the end of the day, nothing we can do. But as you yeah. said, it's, it's having to take positives. Like I've sat there and looked at it from the positives. I'm like, I know it's obviously there's a lot of people out there that people potentially listen to this that have lost jobs. And I, yeah, I feel yeah, for all them yeah. people. I, I feel for all them people that they've, they've had that taken away from them and from not no fault of their own, not say so it's not been their fault in any way, shape or form. Like they yeah. haven't done anything to yeah. lose their jobs. It's the fact that we've been put in this position through whatever it is. And again, I'm not going to go into that because loads whole, of people have a, a million That's a whole other fucking yeah. podcast. Yeah, it's a whole, yeah, it's a whole <laughs> other podcast. I'm, 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 not, I'm, not, I'm not ready for the social media backlash from people. I'm pretty, I'm pretty quiet on social media at the best of times. But yeah. I'll end up having people like hitting me up, giving it, yeah, oh, you, you, you're a sheep. You believe, you don't, you don't understand. Wake the up! They're trying to control. I love that one. Yeah, wake Everyone's up, asleep. Like, wake up! You can't. Oh, all right, mate. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah all right, mate. Yeah, but I, I've said it with with all of this. It's just I, I, I personally believe like I, I've had, I've had some good times doing this. Don't get me wrong. Like most people, you've had some dark times, and you sat there and you thought, like, are you ever going to get out of this? But I, I can sit there and say, even though my, my wife had COVID and, and that she was not ill, touch wood, everybody around me, the people that I care about and that they're all okay, they're all they're all okay health-wise. And yeah. look, if everybody can come out of this afterwards and everybody's okay, then I, I don't think that's a bad thing. I don't think... Like, I, I, look, as long as, as long as people come out of this and hopefully people can see a positive from, from this. And yeah. obviously people that are in jiu-jitsu or in MMA, I hope that everybody can get back to training because I think I think you're going to see something, I think you're going to see a lot of inspirational things come out of this from people, especially the fact that they're going to come out of something like this. And they are going to look at, I know there's a lot of people that maybe won't look at it and they'll just go back to their normal routines and and that, but I think hopefully there'll be a lot of people come out of this and actually will appreciate what lives we have got because yeah. in this country we have got good lives like i know people sit there and moan and say this that, and the other but we've got very very good lives in this country like we we live in a we live in a, in a society <clears throat> yeah we live in a very privileged life yeah. life compared to some other people around the world and and through all of this i i can sit there and say that i'm very very lucky to have the people that i have around me my friends uh yeah. my wife um my my uh, my in-laws who, who I'm very close to and that and I, as I said like I've got a lot of people around me that I, I care a lot about and that care about me a lot and in at the end of the day it's, it's something where we're all going to come out of this and hopefully again people can take the positives out of it obviously there'll always be negative people but I, I believe that hopefully the predominant of people will hopefully come out nicer out of this because that's something I've realized about lockdowns is that people are a hell of a lot nicer not everybody turns into an arsehole <laughs> yeah yeah no you're right you're right you're absolutely right the thing is um and i think i think i don't know what to think anymore if i'm totally honest i don't know um yeah. like you said i think in the summer it will definitely die down and we'll get some sort of normality as for gyms and stuff i just can't see it just yet it's too i mean especially jiu-jitsu you <laughs> It's the most closest contact sport in the world, isn't it? Really? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, so I just I can't think once, see it. 
Look, I think if, look, again, people are going to say whatever they want about the vaccine side of things. I'll be honest, I'm going to have it because I'm meant to be going holiday September and I'm itching to go on holiday. <laughs> so I, I, will be, I will be having it. Just be a fact for the safety of people that I know and people that I, I want to be around with. I want to see some of my friends who I haven't had, I haven't been able to see two. I've seen my two best friends briefly over the time, but I haven't got to see Sorry, that's my wife. She's trying that's to be as quiet as she can. Um, <laughs> she, uh, so, yeah, I haven't been able to see a lot of my, my closest friends in a long time. And I, I miss my friends. I, I miss a lot of the guys down the gym, obviously training and getting to see other people that I know and that. And it would be good to get back to meeting up with people, having barbecues, hopefully in the summer, because I love barbecue, yeah. getting back yeah. to the gym, yeah. training yeah. with everybody and and cracking on as as normal because yeah. at the end of the day we all that's all look we all just want to go back to our lives course, how they course. work don't get me wrong don't get me wrong I think life will change as we know it but sorry sorry she's we've got we've got two kittens and I think they have to be fed and I don't know if she's <laughs> signalling for me to feed the kittens or <laughs> that's right I was just looking at the time anyway right we've been we've been yeah. on there oh wow we've been in there when we start quarter past eight. Wow, I don't know. Just shy of two hours. Well, not including the first fifteen minutes as well. So yeah, two yeah, hours. Yeah. Okay, now we've done all right. Sweet. <laughs> well, look, last bit, last bit. I'm going to say. So go on and watch your predictions then for the weekend. Because we've been we've been sitting here to talk about the fights. Right. So McGregor wins in the first round. I'm going to say it. Fuck it. I'm going to put my neck out there. Knockout. Yeah. Knockout, uh, stoppage. Yeah. yeah. First round. I don't know. Uh, it's not going to be 60 seconds. I think um, Poirier in the first round, uh, the first the first round, the first fight, um, he felt the power. He's going to, he's going to try, I think he's going to try and keep a bit more distance, keep away from that left hand. Um, and I think it's, but I, th- I still think he's going to get caught. I just think McGregor's mm-hmm. just like you said earlier on that level, I think uh, it's going to be a first round stoppage. What do you reckon? So, I'm <laughs> gonna go with I'm gonna go with second round. Okay. And I might even I'm not, well. I've got two actually. I've got two. So <laughs> if he's gonna get it done under sixty seconds, so I want people. To, I want even you to do this, and I want everybody to listen to this. The embedded series. He's just been filmed this week. So UFC embedded on YouTube. Yes. And if. There's also a breakdown with his coach, John Kavanaugh. I'm going to bring two points up here quickly before we get off. Yeah. So John Kavanaugh has come out this week, actually come out yesterday, or I know, no, Monday, has a, he done an interview with Ariel Hawani, very uh, oh, okay. yeah, famous yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, MMA journalist. Yeah. He actually let, some, well, did he let something slip or did he want us to think something? And in this interview, I have the clip on my, I've got the clip on my phone actually. And he said, in this camp, they've been purely training orthodox. So McGregor's gone into the opposite stance. Obviously he's a Southpaw. For people on the podcast that don't know what Southpaw is, is if, if you're an orthodox fighter, you have your left foot forward, your rear hand, your power hand is your back hand. So it would be technically your power hand. So you've got your left foot forward, your right foot back. Southpaws are the opposite way around. They tend to be left-handed. So they'll have their power hand, which is their left hand back, right foot forward and everything like that. 
Another interesting point quickly, Daniel Cormier releases today actually as well, that actually Dustin Poirier is right-handed, that he's a southpaw. So what he does is he throws his lead hook as his power hand, yeah, yeah. but he can generate quite a bit of power with his left hand as well. Mm-hmm. So that's something, again, it's a very interesting yeah, yeah, yeah. interesting dynamic. But I'm going to go for my outside prediction, the like <laughs> ridiculous prediction that yeah. potentially can happen. And this was in an interview on BT with BT Sports that John Kavanaugh done, which he said in their first fight, I don't know if you remember, he threw a lead hook kick as they come out. If anybody watches the fight, he basically throws off the front leg, he throws a, like a, 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 they call it like a lead hook yeah lead hook kick yeah or lead heel kick he said that that if that was two inches lower they would have been going home early in the embedded series which i was just talking about yeah that's the actual kick mcgregor throws oh at the dummy a, a punch bag at the dummy yes and said I that it. could be the shot so that is my outside oh, prediction fuck. the, the uh, under 60 second kick or the under 60 second knockout but my actual prediction is second round. I think it will be second round in the second minute I'm going to go with. That's okay. what I'm going to go with for that. And in the co-main, I'm going to go with the co-main. I won't go through all the, the whole card, but yeah. the co-main event. I'd love to see Chandler, Michael Chandler because I'm actually a very big Michael Chandler fan, but I'm also a massive Daniel Dan, uh, Dan Hooker fan. Yeah, But I think Dan Hooker wins by knockout. In that uh, in that fight, okay, I would have had Chandler to be honest. We'll see. Yeah, a, a lot of people are picking him, but I think the Dan Hooker. If people obviously people don't know him, his range, he's got a very very good range, and he comes from a very he trains with Israel Asanya as well. Yeah, yeah. Comes from uh, City Kickboxing under Eugene Behrman. People don't know him. Very underrated coach. Yeah, yeah. But for not like very, very underrated coach. Obviously, coaches Israel Nasanya. For those that don't know him, go look him up as well. Because again, oh, phenomenal, sad. phenomenal striker, his, phenomenal. Just got his purple belt, didn't he? In the yes, the from Andre Galval. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I can smash it. Right, yeah. brother. Thank you so much. You're the first guest on. No, 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 my pleasure. You've. Uh, You've you've smashed it today. Thank you so much. Only that was I really properly mate. properly enjoyed that. Thank you. And if, if no, I do. We can if we can work permitting and all that next week after the fights, maybe a little breakdown of what actually happened or what. Well, if we got our predictions right, maybe who knows? Yeah, definitely. Well, look as I said, hit me up and let me know. Yeah, wicked Martin. Thank you so much, bro. And uh, hopefully see you so very Thank soon. You very much. Take care, bro. See you soon, bro. Thanks a lot.